I thought that I had edited and released this while I was busy getting ready for TFCon DC, and I hadn't. And I realized that once I was at TFCon DC. How embarrassing. Anyway, I'm releasing this episode anyway, because whatever, it'll happen. And there's also talk about stuff, like just today, at New York Comic Con, they just showed painted terror cons out of nowhere. So enjoy this sealed envelope discussion, so you can see how right we were about all the stuff that we have now in the present come to know the truths of. What the f*** is going on down there? Hello, you're listening to WTF and TFW, a Transformers podcast by Transformers fans, hosted on TFW2005.com. This time I said everything else before I said my name. Hi, I'm Vangelis, uh, and I'm joined by Aaron. Hey. Welcome. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be back again. Or oh, yeah. It's a thing we do, coming back to talk. Again. No one else. And again. And again. No one else in this industry comes back to talk as much as, well, actually no people have many more times than we have. But that's besides the point. We're also joined by TJ. Hello. Hi. Uh, how you doing now that you've, you know, done the whole hurricane thing and like, oh, this is passe. Like, yeah. Considerably better. Life actually feels normal right now. Yeah, I, I, like I, I, I'll, I'll mention briefly for listeners, like the like one or two who are not like fully tuned into whatever else might be going on. Uh, but TJ was not only in a hurricane in Florida; he briefly was in the eye of a hurricane, which I would expect is a vaguely terrifying notion. Uh, I was telling him before the recording that seems like the kind of thing where you just sort of. Ha- your, part of your survival instinct as a biological creature would be to just turn off a certain part of the brain that would otherwise be panicking, uh, at which point you then get to observe the thing. It sounds like that's what happened with you, is you, you went out and took a look. Uh, yeah, just, just me and the video guy, I have to record something during all this chaos. Let's go while it's real quiet and everything around me is destroyed. But hey, I have the opportunity. And, and then go like, you, you know... Maybe maybe I should figure out when I should get back inside as well. Right. That's the, that's the main thing they tell you, like, when you're listening to the radio. It's like, okay, you're going to go through the eye. It's going to get real quiet outside. The storm is not over. Uh, go yeah. outside, get your selfies, and get back in, because it's going to come back just as hard immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's rough. And, and obviously, you know, uh, we all send a whole lot of... Uh, well, I guess just positive vibes is, is all I can really say on a podcast, but, you know, lots of those add to everyone who's been hit, be it, you know, uh, briefly, lightly, or, you know, catastrophically uh, by the uh, multitude of weather events uh, that have happened recently. So uh, hopefully if you're listening to this, it means you're all right, or at least you have a solid signal and, uh, you know, best wishes to everyone who's got a, who's got a, who could use them. Uh someone out there is going to get real lucky this is a real horrifying segue i'm trying to segue natural disaster into lucky draw toy you don't need to (laughs) i kind of like while i was saying the words i had this moment of like like now that i'm a little older that moment of complete self-disgust you have when you've already started doing a thing and you realize Mm -hmm. what you're doing 
Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's. I'll just put a separation in there. Uh, guess what? Someone found an unannounced. I guess. Okay. I'm. I'm assuming a lot of this information is is confirmed. I didn't actually look into it. Apparently, someone on Facebook found an unannounced Takaratomi campaign lucky draw golden lagoon mp36 megatron uh i'm assuming this was not just someone found somebody gold plate chromed or gold vacuum chromed a new masterpiece megatron i'm assuming it's not a knockoff uh i'm even assuming the golden lagoon thing is intentional but it's a lucky draw gold chromed uh current masterpiece megatron looks real cool uh you know obviously whenever you see something that's gold chromed that is also a very complicated toy uh, you gotta wonder what it'll be like when someone decides to try to transform one. So the que- odds question, are, though, hmm? why did they go for the battle damage with Golden Lagoon? Because didn't that make them invincible? Well, I mean, the non-battle damage stuff is all there too. Uh, it's just whoever took this photo for some reason put the battle damage parts on. Yeah. See, the irony to the this one is it's probably more durable deco than the actual release. Maybe. Well. I'll- Nah, I'm not going to be that nice to Vac Metal Chrome. But collectors love it. There, there's something else about this Megatron. I was trying to work it into the into, into the topic list, and I couldn't think of a way to that didn't make the topic really long. Basically, look at his crotch. He's got a big kind of implied arrow pointing right down to his, his you know, his, his crotch. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, those two pieces seem to have either received a different kind of, of chroming or they've been cast in gold plastic because they can't receive chrome. Literally everything else on him is chromed except for the down arrow pointing right to where uh, he would urinate out of. And uh, I don't know. It was like it was like really early in the morning or late at night. I can't remember. I was very tired when I made that topic list. I had been standing in, in heat warning weather all day yesterday and I just saw this big crotch arrow and I was like, <laughs> well, we got to talk about this. Uh, and now that I'm saying it all, wow, what a waste of everyone's time. But that aside, uh Aaron, uh, what, do you think this is real? Or do you, I, I don't know what the source like, is on th- this. There's a thing there. I mean, yeah. I, I believe that that one exists. Do I think it's an actual lucky draw? Like, have we had lucky draws in a while? Uh, I think they happen like, and they that, just don't. Is, is, like, is that a thing that exists? Or is this another one of those, like, hey, one in 10,000, we've slipped it into the box. Hope you enjoy it. I think, I think there's a there's a chance you know that, that lucky draws keep happening and and I, I believe um, a number of them just tend to go unreported now because they're so brief in their window. Okay, where it's like you know at the show we've got one or you know this one magazine is or you're having a mail in contest or go to Seven Eleven and buy your robot toys there because somehow that's still a thing. A or is a thing. Losses usually whatever yeah actually no Seven Eleven did have some of that in Japan yeah, they had, convenience they had the stores prime. they had the yeah I. I, I've been seeing that with our friends over in Japan and feeling like very cool that I can watch them be in Japan and also very upset that for whatever reason I'm not in Japan. Oh, you, so you know the bad side of nostalgia where you, you start to really miss the stuff that's not happening anymore? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm having a lot of that with, with our friends over in Japan. Not their fault, obviously. In fact, I really like seeing yes, a lot of that stuff. But It <laughs> is their fault. Aside, aside from, you know... It they, is they, their, they, it is, I, I'm pretty sure they chose to go there. They did choose, their, and they are they are choosing to so, live tweet a lot of their trip. Yes, uh, so so it is their fault. In that fact, you're having I'm, this issue. I'm kind now, of surprised they at fault, but it is because of them. I, I'm surprised how many places seem to be allowing them to take all these photos. 
Uh, I wonder if that's just because when I because when I was in Japan, it was in 07, right before everyone has a smartphone. So I wonder if just, you know, smartphone culture has changed the way things were over there when I was there, because when I was Mm -hmm. there, no friggin nerd shops liked it. If you took photos inside the nerd shops, Uh, they had lots of signs up. Yeah, probably a thing that's just like there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, like nerds have smartphones like it's going to happen. Yeah, that's the other weird thing, because I was in Japan like, you know, a decade ago now, almost um you know just shy of a decade ago now that i think about it but like it was it, it was in 07 and it was to me close enough to still be a pretty fresh memory and at the same time it seems like a completely different world in a way because like also there were not that many like there were there was no iphone kaboom as far mm-hmm. as i can recall at least back in 07 um me using a phone to do lots of things wasn't a thing back then so you know, it's it's a really cool thing to watch but uh no, I think it looks interesting. Um, I'm also in the case of like, I'm not sure how well Vat Chrome will hold up if nothing else from all the various views around it and of the component parts. It looks like they've actually done a real like, like this is a dipped process, not a sprayed on process. Oh, yeah. You, which you I know think what? Would look, would, which I think would potentially work better. But when you what? like look at the the panels on the like the backside of his arm there's yeah. vat chrome inside of that so i think that the dipped is what works better than this like the sprayed on chrome stuff i i just was thinking about something I, that didn't occur to me till just now the the barrel extension piece sliding that tube over the barrel mm-hmm. what's that but gonna be you like look at that and that looks like it's i can't tell but i don't think that that has got chrome on the ex- uh, like the inside portion of that still though there's chrome on the barrel yeah, and like that—that that is adding a layer that may be a little thicker than paint, depending. On, well, I yeah. guess it depends on what kind of chrome's on the barrel. But yeah, uh, this—it's really cool to see one of these, you know. And and definitely when I see things like the you know translucent gold plastic for the laser bits and the mace, like mm-hmm. it certainly feels pretty legit. Um, I just kind of—I kind of want to know if the Golden Lagoon thing is conjecture or not, because also Lucky Draw just tends to gold plate everything. Yeah, it's it, so Lucky like, Draw is going to be gold or silver, or yeah. silver or gold. So I mean, yes, it just so happens there's a G1 episode where any character in it who gets a gold chrome toy, you could say, is from Golden Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but I—I I have questions. Uh, and which I probably could solve by just reading the thread and looking at the Facebook post this came from. I just didn't do either of those things because what's due diligence? Something for other people. Uh, anyway, uh, any other thoughts on Gold Megatron or shall we kick along to another little... I almost called this set of topics Quick Pick Picks. It's like some clever little throwback thing and then I didn't. Uh, I don't know if that was a mistake or not. Listeners, let me know. But uh, we got one other short news bit that I think is worth bringing up if only to inform purchasing decisions. Uh, so Cogman's deluxe toy is in a state of flux where he's now on like his third revised listing of like, no, now he's going to be in a case with all these figures, which we haven't shipped yet. Uh, he's he's shown up in Asia and that's it. Uh, and not Japan, but Hasbro Asia. Um, otherwise, we're not really sure about how he's coming out. Until, you know, like at this point, I would say, don't be sure he's coming out till you see him. Takara Tomy had him listed, though, until recently, when his listing changed to 
uh, oh, what was it? He was originally listed to come, to come out in late October, uh, and now he is postponed with no date given. And so I'm just sitting here going, like, what happened with Cogman? Uh, and it's also frustrating because it seems like Cogman is a pretty neat toy, uh, and, and you know, probably a uh, a highlight of the end of the Last Night line. And uh, it's one that the you know the Transformers team was really proud of, given you know the way that they worked the Headmaster Titans Return gimmick into him, you know, made him a mm-hmm. two seater Aston Martin. It just sucks that it seems like he is becoming this difficult, if not like it seems like he's on the route to becoming some of those end of line Dark of the Moon toys that became ridiculously expensive uh, right, when or, they only or, came out or in... full on mythological. Yeah, in the case of Leadfoot, you know, where you, you'll see one every couple of years. Uh... Anyway, this this led me to order one from Singapore off eBay. And, you know, shipping on that's going to be super slow. Who knows what happens? But I was like, no, I just, I don't want to go. I went through this with Leadfoot. Wheeljack and Soundwave came back in, in different colors, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I actually really like the look of this figure. And I like the the night motif. So I paid an extra 10, 15 bucks to get one off of uh, eBay. Uh, so this is a heads up to everyone. If you really want a Cogman... Maybe start looking into people on secondary market areas who actually have them. Uh, if you can live without Cogman, then whatever. But be aware. Like, your Takara Tomy pre-order on Cogman might be in... It, it'll probably come out, but I don't want to take the chance anymore. Uh, anyway, Aaron, did, does this impact you at all, or were you just going to skip Cogman anyway? Oh, I was hoping to find a Cogman stateside. Uh, especially since I just picked up myself a uh, Decepticon Nitro. You still might. I mean, you might. Yeah, maybe. You still I totally might. It's it's the way that the movie line has released in the U.S. has been so perfectly random. Of yeah. Like, okay, store's not stocking anything. Store's not stocking anything. It's like, uh, I got to go to Walmart and pick up some, some whatever... Uh, you know, go go get a box of paper for the printer, and then eh, I'll just walk through toys because I've not seen holy crap entire restock with Wave Two. What the heck? Okay, uh, Wave Two or Cogman is the mythical Wave yeah. Four. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like okay, this it's like had three bumblebees and two berserkers for months. Yeah, and then just like suddenly they decide to throw those out and completely restock it's it's such hit or miss surprise and with the last movie line with age of extinction you know i don't think any deluxes were hit by it but there were some end of line toys i'm thinking specifically of the Viacon, uh mm-hmm. who became oddly difficult to find because sometimes that last wave of movie toys they just don't want me you know so yeah, uh, I'm. I am. It's the part where Cogman's on his like second or third revision of how he might come out. That's also making me less confident. Right. Um. But are you? Are, the like, steel are you molds in... just keep bursting into flame. Yeah. This is, trying to trying to cross that Titans Return technology with the movie line. It was just never meant to happen. You know. Uh. Are Are you thinking you might go like slightly more expensive order off the web with Cogman, or are you just going to live without him if you can't find I him? I might, uh, and that's a rough thing of like, hey, with the way that these last couple have, like, okay, it'll just show up, all right, or maybe it just won't, and I never see another movie line thing, 
I, I, I don't know. And it's been so random that I don't want to jump on a Hasbro Asia copy to be sure. And then be stuck paying, you know, double or so by the time it's all said and done for essentially mm-hmm. what I just want the headmaster for. You know, I'd, I'd be paying as much for Cogman as I did for Nitro. Yeah. For a, something that's smaller with a headmaster just because. I think for me it was also easier to just like when I saw one on eBay that was um, only a, that much of a markup. The sheer amount of coupon savings I've done this year, I felt like, hey, you know what? This is garbage logic since that was Toys R Us coupons and this is eBay. But this is a great way to convince myself to just click the buy it now button. And I did. Uh, TJ, were you a, a were you after Deluxe Cogman and B, do you feel like you might go to the secondary market just to grab one before things get difficult? Or do you got you're going to keep rolling the dice? For me, I was after Cogman. I yeah. I guess technically I still am. Like he looked yeah. really, really nice. I and I you know, I kinda liked him in the movie. So I would not be you know, against going to uh a few extra lengths to get one, but I'm not really I'm not really sweating it right now. Yeah. You no, know, you know, it's unfortunate that the Japanese release got delayed indefinitely, but mm, I don't I don't know. It's like it, it's just it it's part of my growing apathy with the movie line is where I really like a cog man, but yeah, if one never shows up in my area or becomes available to me, I'm not you know my heart's not going to break over it or anything. That's why I was curious because like if this situation happened to a generation's toy, like there would be uproar. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um. It's almost like this tiny little silver lining that like, you know, at least it's happening to a movie toy. But then, of course, it happens to the most interesting movie toy. Right. Yeah, because Wave 3 is just a bunch of repaints, right? (laughs) So they're not. They're they're. This is the thing I discovered. Strafe is a repaint like the Dinobots a repaint. Mm -hmm. The the Wave 3 Bumblebee and the Wave 3 Crosshairs are completely new. It's just that they're supposed to be the new mold Bumblebee. New mold Bumblebee and new mold Crosshairs. Turns Are those out. New, okay. Yeah. That's again, this, this is this is my problem. It looks exactly the same because it's been the exact same thing every time. I guess it does have like super aggressive vents on it. But well, I mean, it's it's also like mold, or is that the, yeah, just the, the, a new skin? The crosshairs, as far as I, I didn't do much looking into this. As far as I've heard from seeing some retweets on Twitter, people are, who have it are convinced it's a new mold, if not a very heavy retool. Uh, like okay. the way his the way his front of of jacket things are made is apparently completely different, and some other things are completely different. Uh, but it's just that crosshairs. I think someone even called this out back when we first talked about his CAD model that some something on him looked different. Uh, it's just that that crosshairs is like he looks so much like the other crosshairs at a glance. Yeah, uh, it's hard to tell. But yeah, him him and then that that wave three Bumblebee shares a ton of transformation concepts with masterpiece movie Bumblebee. Uh, now that I've seen how that one works in the video. So it's almost like it's the discount masterpiece movie Bumblebee, except except everyone who actually has it seems to get kind of salty when you say that, because apparently it's also built pretty badly. OK, um, I, I guess it's just one of those things that they've done a very good job of getting their their uh, appearances down yeah. and making it look like what it's supposed to look like 
However, at the same time, since they're only hitting these characters over and over again, it's fatigue like none other. And yeah. I I don't care. So that Wave 3 Bumblebee, like, here's some of the things it does where I was watching the video of it. I think I watched I watched PL's video, and I was like, excuse me? So, like, the whole thing where the roof accordions up and then stores inside the torso happens on that toy, and it's a deluxe. And I'm like, holy crap, that's kind of cool. You know, if maybe if the Masterpiece one hadn't already just done that, but still. And then the way he does his arm cannon is like the Masterpiece one in a way, where the arm cannon's a separate piece that you can store on his butt, and then... In the case of this deluxe, you physically remove an entire forearm and then plug this cannon in as a as a new arm. And I'm like, this is all really interesting stuff that clearly makes this look like a new toy. And it, maybe it would have helped if this was all messaged a bit harder. Yeah. Or than... instead of releasing like the wave one bubblebee that's the same as every other, like the last two movies worth of bubblebee, it's just throw it out. Just. Yeah. Oh, that wave one bumblebee is junk. Yeah, because uh, that's the Age of Extinction one. So it's not it's not a super repeat, but it's the Age of Extinction one delivered as weakly as possible at a higher yeah. price with like way less paint than even the American version of the Age of Extinction one. So, yeah, the, the way three bumblebee and crosshairs, as far as I've heard, like the way three bumblebee is for sure new crosshairs is apparently quite new, at least. Uh, and then a lot of people are saying that that strafe looks really good in that uh, off teal or whatever that's that metallic sky blue that they're using for the the redeco dinobots people who actually got wave three seem happy with it um and that whole wave is apparently wave four along with two cogmans a berserker and a barricade uh we'll see if that actually ships anywhere but yeah um, anything else in Cogman, or shall we move along to uh, our first listener question, which I decided to put up front? We'll do. I guess we question. can take a listener question here. This one comes from Parts Former, who's going to cut right to the chase. Which third-party companies do you feel provide the best bang for your buck? You can use any criteria you see fit, and lists a bunch of criteria, uh, a whole lot of them, with an etc. Um, discuss how you see fit. So this is that part of the question. Actually, I think we can just like blast through pretty quick. The one that's more interesting to me is right afterwards. So before we get to that, um, Aaron, like, do you got a criteria for an unofficial product that makes you feel like you got your bang? I gotta say, Iron Factory has continued to feel uh very good on the cost to whatever I'm feeling like curve. Yeah. Um. Like I, I, I've, I've picked up a few other things and they get nearly, not nearly the same amount of time I'm going to mess with and then cost a lot more. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of sad when I'm like, oh, I paid like $125 for this thing at a convention. I played with it at the convention to make sure that the paint was okay. Yep. So for you, it's like, you want to feel like you can, you, you, you don't want to feel like you have to leave it alone. For whatever uh, reason, be it fragility, well, be it interest. Not like, even how I have to leave it alone. It's just it get, you know, the the Calidus asterisk or whatever, the the, the alternate yeah, paint Rodimus. It's like well, I have nothing to do with it. It's not like, yeah. ooh, I'm afraid that something might break. It's just, I don't know. I made sure it was cool. I transformed a couple of times, which is neat, but it has no, like... Yeah, I don't know if it's an aspect of because I haven't collected a lot of stuff in that genre that I don't have a display or a thing to do with it, or yeah. if it's just something that doesn't 
tickle me the right way that, you know, I have on my desk, I have four or five little Iron Factory guys that are doing stuff over on Metroplex. He's just covered in Iron Factory dudes. He's like, get them off it, me. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it seems like they have a niche that the larger things just don't seem to for me. I'm I'm only pressing out of out of personal interest because this is like a field of fandom study I've really been getting interested in is like kind of figuring out like aside like obviously a lot more people are kind of awakening to the idea that like hey some stuff just works for me and some stuff doesn't uh, and then I really like trying to figure out like all right what is it that is mm-hmm. like the thing that is that is unique to me that is making this work and like it's and it's not a very easy thing to answer in my opinion. So that's why I was I was pushing a little bit. I was like, I wonder if I can pull one out, but I couldn't. Um, spoiler alert: Iron Factory is one of mine as well. But uh, TJ, you don't buy a ton of third party stuff. So of the stuff you have picked up, um, what what has connected with you? And can you kind of do you feel like you know what it is that makes you feel like you're getting your bang for your buck when you're going unofficial? It is hard when you know I don't really go for third party ever. The few times I do, it really has to do something for me. It really has to click with exactly something that I want. And it has to be something that I know I am not going to get out of Hasbro. And that helps justify it for me. That helps make, kind of give me like, you know, like I didn't go in for a lot of the combiners because I felt like we were going to get that eventually. And yeah, we did. We got all the combiners we could ever want. Mm-hmm. But you know, something like uh, like I got uh, Swamper, which is a Voyager class or Voyager to Ultra class uh, Skull Cruncher. So Hasbro just did the deluxe one and it makes me happy. But it also felt like it's not quite what I had as a kid. So mm-hmm. having a bigger Skull Cruncher and it's more solidly built does that. You know, I, you know, before that it was... Uh, Actually, Iron Factory's uh, Scorponok. Yeah. Because I wanted a little, I wanted a Scorponok that I didn't have to wrestle in order to play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, so, I was gonna suggest to you if you had, if you didn't have anything that, like, in my experience talking to you, it seems like you you get the most, you, you feel like you're getting your money's worth if you're getting something you know is unique. Uh, right. That you that you know, like, it's not so much like how the toy does it. It's like. Is this toy something that simply will not exist in a mainline capacity anytime soon? Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously it's not. That's not like then the broad uh, stroke of like everything that anyone makes that won't happen in the mainline works for you. But like, it seems like that's your touch point. Is like I want it, and I don't think the licensed product is going to do it. Right. It's yeah. It's got to be something that really connects to me, and it's got to be something I know that I will have no other avenue of getting. Like right now, I'm real happy that Galaxy Meteor came back. Yeah. And and, and yeah, a little follow up on that. Came back, and the price is down to a hundred US. Mm-hmm. And at retail, not a. I I'll eat my hat on that one. It's going to still be at retailers. I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever deal they pulled to make that work, good on them. Like, I'm really hopeful that that's a success because you know there's you know I, I want them to continue that idea. Did, like, did you I see their about, Did you see their postings about it in full? Because they they basically said we we here who are, you know we the people who worked on this love specifically Galaxy Force and we want to do more Galaxy Force is oh, what yeah. went up on their social media. That. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, that's nice to see. <laughs> the years, yeah, I've said it before many times on this on here is like Cybertron Galaxy Force. That's my favorite toy line. That's my favorite Transformers line. So I, I they're going to get a lot of my money if they continue that. And yeah, give me a few, give me a few of the repaints for that Starscream that I've been wanting for a long time and they will get more. And, you know, like the, the 10th anniversary of Unicron Trilogy stuff has come and gone with very little fanfare. So I would say official side stuff uh, referencing that I would be surprised to see anytime soon. Oh, yeah. Um, especially with a lot of the folks who worked on it no longer working on Transformers. Like if we if Aaron Archer was still straight up head of, you know, department over there, I expect, you know, on the 10 year, on the 15 year, they'd sling a hot shot out or something. Mm hmm. But at this point, it's and especially with that somewhat fresh news of the evergreen new evergreen product, you know, the stuff that's going to be a, a family dollar and whatnot, just being straight up G1 Legends toys. I'm like, this this does seem like that's what they're leaning into now for their go to aesthetic. Uh, well, it, it it's something that's safe for them to do. May, you know, it's something simple for kids to buy. It's something inexpensive for them. But at the same time, collectors are still going to go for it because it's G1. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't. I don't know if maybe we'll we'll quickly touch on that after this thing. Oh, hang on. Someone's yelling outside. If they don't... You know what? I'm going to close the window. I'm, I didn't think people were going to start yelling outside. It's hot out. Why would you do that? Ah. We'll talk We'll talk about those things afterwards, actually. This this inner question. I'll, I'll, I'll slip it in there. It might not be in the topic list proper, but it, it just dropped today. It's fresh in our minds. Um, anyway, the... the the third-party company stuff that I think I get the biggest bang from Buck out of, and I like a lot of it, but, like, right to the front of my mind, Iron Factory and Mastermind Created Reformatted are the two lines that, where it's, like, I generally know if I, if I get one of those lines figures, I'm going to both probably enjoy it and also not feel afraid to mess with it in most any way. Um, those are my expectations of those two lines, and... That also means I like I just don't like to get things that I then feel afraid to mess with in in just general, you know, transforming it back and forth at my desk kind of stuff that will deplete bang for my buck very quickly. If I feel like I have to treat the thing with kid gloves I and I am not saying collector toys should be kid durable. I'm just saying for myself, what makes me feel the, the happiest with something uh, is, you know, if I just pick something up at a convention, is that I can just open it up and mess with it, and I'm not going to have an arm snap off on me. Um, anyway, the other question here, and this is just about, about convention stuff, and we haven't done one of these in a bit, because uh, TFCon DC is coming up, and uh, Parts Former says this will be his first convention. Um, he also mentions he's never been to a concert of any kind, uh, but that's a different matter. Um, this wants to know if we can revisit some first-timer convention tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts. Uh, specifically, Parts Former is jazzed on one of the convention exclusives that will likely be in short supply, so how early should he consider getting up to the dealer room to secure a place in line? Um, thanks for taking all the time to humor me, keep doing what you do, click, never mind. Uh, so, just quickly, on the exclusive, if you want one of the exclusives at TFCon and you think it's gonna go fast, I would say try to line up for the dealer room at, if it opens at 10, I actually don't remember when it opens, but if it opens at 10, hypothetically, try to be in line at, like, 7.30 or 8, or at least get up and go see what the line looks like. You know, that is a better safe than sorry situation, for sure. Mm -hmm. You'd probably be fine at 8.30, but I would say go for, try to get there two, two and a half hours early, at least to see what it looks like. 
Um, if you don't want to wait around and it looks empty, go grab some breakfast. You got up early enough to have a solid breakfast. But yeah, you know, it, and don't do that constantly. But if you really want something, man, you're worried it's going to disappear. I, I would say, you know, give yourself literal hours in front. Um, Aaron, I don't know if you would agree, like, given how... Let's, let's talk about Calavis, for instance. At yeah, that... Um, it, that's probably not bad advice. Um, that, and again, it comes down to, like, are you, like, like you've got to have it? Then, yeah, being there a couple hours ahead of time. If you'd like to have it, maybe an hour ahead of time. And the other thing is know the dealer that you're looking for and beeline there. Um, yeah, because don't stop. generally, generally when those doors open up, it's kind of free for Ollie. Have whatever if you've got your badge, have your badge up in hand as you hit that line, um, because invariably there'll be somebody that has their badge tucked into their jacket underneath their backpack, and they whoever's watching the line has to stop the whole shebang to have that person get through. So be ready for smooth flow, and then beeline over to the ages three and up booth or um that's probably where it is um yeah <laughs> or toy dojo or to- three and up. toy dojo and they're, they're just, they always have an island yeah and head there and get your transaction in um in the past i've seen both nice orderly lines where people work through and i've seen it become kind of a scrum to be the person that gets up closest waving cash in hand and trying to get yep. somebody's attention I was going to mention, if it is, you know, a mastermind or if it's something at the Toy Dojo A3U island, um, a queue will probably form. A line will probably form inside the dealer room. The thing is, the dealer room usually does not structure itself for a line to form at a dealer table. Right. So if you do see a line forming towards that table, just ask someone if they're standing around. Are you in line and what are you in line for? Because there might be two lines Mm-hmm. If it's reformatted and Ocular Max, the reformatted thing might be one line. The Ocular Max thing might be yes. the line on the other side of the room. And if you get in line for the wrong one, you're going to probably get annoyed. Right. Um, so that that would be my advice with that. But other than, other than that, first timer tips, tricks, do's and don'ts. Um, uh, get cash before you get there. Don't rely yep. on on-site ATMs. Uh, they'll work for about an hour and a half and then be out of cash. And then everybody will be surprised that it ran out of cash. And can you believe it ran out of cash? And how am I going to get cash? Um, so just come ready. Plus that way, if you're like, hey, I've got $500 in toy budget, let's say. You get out $500 in cash. When you're out of cash, you're out of toy budget. Yep. That's that's and a then, good way to, mm-hmm. to keep yourself locked into what you're going to spend. If you want to get yeah, a little but bit But does sneaky, that work? Does that work? Oh, yeah, it 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 may for some people. I don't know. I okay. If you that's see the thing, that's what I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. That's what I do for. That's what I do for Metricon every year. It's like okay, I keep I keep my card on hand if there's an emergency. But right, as long as you know, I can't I can't, I can't lose track of like how much cash I have in my pocket at the time. Um, but if, but have you ever done the thing that I know? Maybe I just am a terrible person with money actually you know what i am a terrible person with money but have you ever done the thing where you go like you know if i just go take out another 60 bucks not but then you end up doing it like no okay now now the thing that i will do is oh you take credit that's like a yeah that's a different route of potential ruin where you go like well this isn't affecting the money in my pocket because you're not going to look at your credit right build up while you're Um, yeah you're so if you're trying to be good 
Um, don't use a credit card. <laughs> don't use a credit card. Uh, if you think that you're going to barter at some booths, which they'll let you. I mean, worst thing they'll say is, no, it's a fixed price. Is mm-hmm. you can distribute your cash from wallet to pocket to other pocket. And if you're sneaky mm-hmm. about it and can remember, you can be like, man, all I've got and pull out of your pocket is $40. You're asking 45 Can we make this work? Oh, that's some high level. Yeah. That's some high level. Uh, I, I've seen people tech. pull that off and then see that. somebody say, no, it's 45 fixed. And the guy's like, OK, reach in the other pocket and come oh, out with the bankroll. And no, it's okay. like, oh, if you're, you're going to do that. Let me tell you, if you're going to do that, you go, oh, okay, well, let me go check the ATM, walk away for 10 minutes, then come yeah. back and say, all right, I got some money. Because you know what? Just if you're going to do the trick, because everyone does it at some point, if you're going to do the haggle trick where you just only have this much money in one pocket, at least do the dealer the service, if not then reaching in your other pocket right in front of them. Yeah. Because that's, that's yeah. kind of just when, like When I like, saw hey. that happen, I was like, oh, okay, you know, that guy, oh, you son of a that's that's where it's it's like it's like oh man oh man my forehead's bleeding oh man and you're like oh well i don't think that's that bad you're like okay yeah well i just cut my own forehead open with this razor anyway so whatever like don't show them what you did right you know preserve um, the magic trying to think of some other tips K-fabe. and tricks uh yeah, comfortable shoes yeah you you will not believe how tired your feet can get just walking around a convention hall um yep. be sure and hydrate and hydrate oh god hydrate um you know how easy a, it is to not hydrate yeah. super easy have a bottle of water tfcon is normally pretty good about making sure that there's like little water stations around you hit those up. toronto is i don't necessarily know because uh, with u.s chicago venues was. it depends chicago well, hopefully maryland is ahead. Um, yeah, if you drink lots of water, you know how you get con sick half the time is because your nose is completely dry and starts cracking open and bacteria start crawling into your face. I mean, not literally, but okay. hydration helps keep you not sick um, in my experience. Don't underestimate the uh, benefits of a power nap. Like if you're feeling wiped out at like one o'clock because you've been running around like an idiot, don't be afraid if you've got a, a, a room in the hotel. At the convention center, go take like a twenty minute nap. So good, or even even just jump in the shower for like um, two minutes. Yeah, uh, bring a change of t shirt. You know, uh, just changing your shirt in the middle of the day can completely refresh you. Which also then hygiene, like I, well, I, mean, I, I should do really we hope, need to. I should no. really hope we don't <laughs> oh, need to say hygiene. Not, yes, but he's saying first time convention yes. tips, tricks, do's, don'ts. Do you so? I know, but do use deodorant. <laughs> don't not do those <laughs> things. Everyone I, who has ever actually sent those questions into the I, podcast I, I, end up I know. being people who don't need that. I, I know, so. but still, I, I got to cover that base just in case. Just in case. He's like, eh, do I really need to shower? I can get 10 more minutes of sleep. That's not worth the 10 I minutes of sleep. Stink. I don't stink that bad. It's more, yeah. yes, you do. Yeah, if somebody said, thinks so they I've don't stink this. that bad, you're the bad person. I've said this um, on a previous one. It's not even about the people around you. You yourself will feel better yes. if you don't have a layer of sleep grease stuck on you for the whole um, day. Trying to think what else is good. Um, if you can, get, go to a grocery store and get some base level groceries for lunches and mm-hmm. maybe even for dinners. It's a good way to keep your costs down if that's what you're aiming for. It's also, again, assuming that you're at the hotel, then it's like I can just run and get something to eat really quick rather than either eating at the hotel, trying to get away to a fast food place. Yeah. yeah, 
depending on how busy you are during the con, it's not a bad idea to keep a snack on hand. Oh, it's I also have, good for energy. Well, that well, that too. Like, well, you have well. I would I would say anyone who's a low blood is like a low blood blood sugar or anything like that. Yeah, that's kind of a requirement. Yeah, because some you can get stuck in a line or you can get stuck at an event or a panel or something and just it, you know, you don't get a chance to get out and get back to the hotel or get somewhere with food. Sometimes it's yeah. just whatever you have, so you need to yeah. have something. It's very easy, especially if you've never been to a convention before, to forget about yourself. Yes. Uh, and get lost in the event and uh that can lead to like severe exhaustion and it, and it can, it's a like I've, I've done it to myself many times uh oh, yeah. b- like before I, I realized that like half the time i have a bad time at a show for a day it's my own fault uh it, it's it's very easy to just lose yourself to the show and to everything that's going on and it's very easy to feel like i've got to do it all this one time mm-hmm. uh you know, it, it might be hard for you to get out to other other conventions, absolutely. But other conventions will come, and if you do try to just like make this your one, like if you treat it like it's a once in a lifetime thing, it might end up really hurting you too. <laughs> so put put yourself first as much as you can. Like you know, stay hydrated, stay fed, stay uh, rested, stay hi- stay hygienated. You know, stay clean. Mm-hmm. Um, treat yourself well. Because uh, if you're at a convention, it's kind of like a little vacation, even if you live in the area. So you treat yourself, you know, mm-hmm. as well. And uh, and if you're at a convention for the first time and you've never been in a social situation with other fans, uh, obviously it depends on your personality type. But if you're uh, a social person, then hey, you know, you've just found a treasure trove because everyone's there for the same overall reason, and you can strike up conversations. With like a lot of people at conventions are super ready to have a conversation. It's just awkward, especially if they've never talked to oh, other yeah. people before. And yeah, uh, if you're if you're standing in line for waiting for an exclusive or a guest or something, uh, talk to the people because yeah. you're going to be with them for quite a while. And and also, if someone doesn't want to talk to you, let it go. Yeah. Um. Some folks just don't want to deal with people. Some folks have severe social anxiety. Uh, and and it can manifest in a great many ways. And one of those ways might just be like you say, "Hey," and they might just look at you, and then that's it. Uh, if you have other friends who are going there, uh, also this this enters into this too. If you know people who are going, and at some point people you know kind of want to check out for a little bit, and you know you say you tell them, "Hey, we're all going to to Denny's," because I guess that's a thing someone might do, and they're like, "I don't want to." Don't take it as offense. They might just need some alone time. Uh, they might need some me time, you know, um, right. be open, be inviting and also be, be low pressure. Uh, don't make people feel like they got to go places. Don't get on their case if they don't want to do something, but also leave the invitation open. Uh, that's to me, the best approach that I've always uh, seen at conventions is, uh, give people the open doorway and encourage them to go through and do not judge them if they don't. And you'll have a great time, and other people have a great time. Uh, DJ, anything uh, specifically that you you might uh, think we might have missed, or that you wanted to throw in? That seems to cover it pretty much. I mean, the simple the simple way of rounding up a lot of that is the six two one rule, which is six hours of sleep, two meals, one shower every day minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, six hours of sleep is surprisingly hard to do sometimes at a convention. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and you know what? If you can't get six hours of sleep, 
this is not to make it sound like you can still you know you can get away with it you probably won't feel the effects till sunday so if sunday's not important to you you can probably just viciously abuse yourself for friday saturday if you're okay with sacrificing a whole lot of sunday i have done that a few times uh but yeah the 621 rule definitely is a good one to keep in mind um and uh you know have fun first and foremost uh if you want to meet people try to meet people if you if you're a member of a forum or if you have a twitter circle or something a social media circle say you're going um if you see people you recognize at the show in my case at least feel free to come on over say hello um as we've said many times if we got to be somewhere we'll try to make that clear to you Although I won't have Aaron there to help me do that, because yeah. I tend to forget that I have to be places. You are on your uh, own. So, you know, please bear that in mind, too. <laughs> be kind to me and my lack of attention span. But if you see people you know or recognize, uh, you know, fan creators, for instance, in most cases, head on over, say hello. And if they really got to be somewhere, like like with the social thing, they probably don't mean to slag you off in some way. Uh, they pro- if, if someone's short with you or they're in a, in a rush... They probably do have somewhere to be, or they might be having a moment of like, oh, I got to go out to my room and not be around people for 10 minutes or half an hour or however long. Um, But in most cases, fan creators tend to go to these things, at least with the slight preparation of like, someone is probably at some point going to say that they have seen something or read something I've done. Um, So I hope you have a good time. I'll be there. So if, uh, if, if you see me, come say hello. Say that you're the guy with... Uh, the bang for your buck in the TFCon question, because hopefully I'll remember that still in f- six days. Um, six days? No, five days. Four or five days. Anyway, hope that that helped answer your question. Hope that helps your exp- experience be good. I take, I kind of take really seriously trying to help people have a good time at their first show because it's such a potentially daunting thing. So hopefully we didn't go on too long there. But uh, that said, now we're going to talk about a different convention because TJ and Aaron. Uh, podcasted with me right before the VIP dinner where they did reveal a few more things. Um, so uh, we're just going to cover the topics from Hascon very briefly because I, I already said everything I need to say uh, that came out on Saturday, Sunday. So specifically, let's talk about that that dinner because that's really the bulk of this. Uh, and let's, let's start talking about uh, the easy stuff first. Moon Racer. Aaron, what's your take on this Moon Racer that they showed? Sure looks like a plank. I kind of love it though. <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I think it's an interesting take on car. It's not the like normal coupe look. It's something very Cybertronian look and different. I I think it's neat. But when I first saw it, it's like she transforms into a, a two by four with wheels. I'm really glad you mentioned the coupe look because I've been trying to think of how to put in words that thing that tends to happen with Transformers cars. Yeah. Uh, and yes, that is a good way to describe it. <laughs> Um, TJ, how are you feeling about Moon Racer? I love the look of the toy. It's a super unique design. It's yeah, it's, it's very much not your typical Transformer car. It, it looks like a Cybertronian version of one of those old timey race cars. It's basically yeah. just a tube with wheels. Yeah. Oh, what are those? They're not called not drag racers. They have a name for those, right? I feel like I once knew a name to describe that kind of old-timey race car i can't remember anymore but yeah i know what you mean that's uh and and i kind of like i I mentioned this last week but i like how it looks like she's pulling a little bit of a mass shift where the back third of that car kind of turns into a backpack in her arms but it folds down first Mm -hmm. 
So I feel like her car mode is going to be markedly longer than her robot mode. And if she is a combiner limb, I expect her robot mode's probably in line with the combiner wars deluxe. So I think her car mode is going to be pretty lengthy um, for a deluxe. Uh, moving on from that, Ripper Snapper, uh, Aaron, they got a Ripper Snapper out there. How you feeling about him? Yeah, it. I'm very interested. I'll I'll be excited to see how the rest of his friends show up too. But he looks solid in in gray proto form at least. Hmm. I mean, it's close to his actual color palette. That that's helping yeah. in his case. Yeah. That and I think Ripper Snapper is a kind of basic as far as they go like it mm. looks like it's just his legs flip around to turn into tail his backpack becomes the, his his beast mode head and his hands turn 90 degrees to become claws i really like that they integrated his arms like that yeah. instead of having like two little spindly arms yeah. that turn into a backpack piece it, it's not a hugely technical transformation but it also looks like he has the not so hidden combiner port guts yep. in there as well. I mean, you know what? I bet you if they're doing a Ripper Snapper, he's probably part of a combiner. Yeah. Uh, also, his transformation means he has wrist swivels, which is not super common for combiner limbs. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I, and especially given that he has wolvy claws as well, mm -hmm. I think that's going to make posing him super fun. Yeah. Because you'll be able to get that little twist in for like, you know, a punch or an uppercut. Or like a snicked look. Yeah. Oh, he he can probably do the uh, a semblance of the claws cross in front of chest kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the extreme. Um, TJ, how are you feeling about uh, this Ripper Snapper reveal? Uh, oh, we were hoping. I was so hoping for Terracons. Well, guess what? Oh, oh, I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he lo he's looking really good. I'm happy to see that I'm not picking up any obvious Dinobot parts to him. That really made me happy because I was kind of settled on the idea that the Dinobots were going to look a at least at least parts of them were going to look a lot like these guys. I well, I, I can see I, I can see a few like Cutthroat's definitely going to be a swoop remold. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But right now, like this makes me happy. I, I have my I have my gun toting land shark and this makes me happy. What a friggin nice curvature on that land shark head, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it just looks sleek, you know? Like, I, I really like that part of it. Um, well, TJ, just continuing on from there, let's let's also talk about Hunger. Uh, we got a new confirmed spelling for his name. Because uh, there's, like, what, five different ways you can canonically spell his name? How many R's can we trademark at one time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, three, in this case. Looks uh, like the lawyers does... say it's got to be 87 this next time. Well, yeah, well, next time it's going to be like, can we just remove the U from the GUR? Because <laughs> I think they did that once, didn't they? Where it was just G-R-R-R? I can't remember. I want to say that's the original. Yeah, it was at least that one was, of... It, it was the pun name. Yeah. Yeah, at least one time he had, he, he had just a straight-up onomatopoeia for the back half of his name. The next one's just um, going to be... Err. Next one will be Gurhung. Yeah. He'll have a giant crotch... Uh, TJ, this guy does look a whole lot like a retool. Mm. He literally looks like Silverbolt. <laughs> Silverbolt backwards, maybe. Someone look, actually yeah, fan-moded well, uh, the Technobot one. Yeah, I mean, like, look at the, the covers on the knees. 
Like he's he's yeah. silver bolt with dragon head feet and two two very tiny front beast mode legs. <laughs> see, see, this is disappointing to me. I love the design and colors for Hunger. Like, yeah, I I went out of my way. Like that's the only Terracon I actually own, just because mm-hmm. I really like that two headed dragon. Um, this is mm. his beast mode this... is not the focus. Is no, the way I've no, taken it. it. Better not be. <laughs> like, I, I, I kind of feel that may also be why he has just a Decepticon emblem stamped over the head. Oh, that I, head's I, not ready. Yeah, because they're just like, no, that's no, no. Might we cannot show Hunger's, that. Might have been Hunger's request at this point. Like, He's like, don't let them know it's me. Yeah, like, somebody show, else is the show the studio Volta art that makes me look cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a. It's a really weirdly proportioned dragon that's really, really disappointing right now. He's so here's the way I'm taking it. I think that every, he sacrificed everything to make a, uh, his torso mode look better. Because the the thing about if he is going to share that much of Silverbolt, that means that the curvature on the dragon necks will form the edges of the the abominous chest plate. Uh, mm-hmm. That means he's going to have a real defined chest plate, uh, and and I think that could look really good as a torso. So I'm, that, that's where I'm taking my blessings where I'm seeing them here. It's just so uh, it, feel, it feels like the only like because I, I, I don't know. It, his beast mode just looks like he's getting into a yoga position. Like, I think it literally looks like he's not transformed. I think uh, if there was some way to after release, replace those front two beast mode legs with something larger let's say <laughs> uh and i'm already bummed out because i can see they're riveted in so it's like that's not going to be easy to remove if at all uh, and i think they might be on hinged plates as well to end up can, on his back can, can the third party just give me some booties for him <laughs> yeah can we just replace his butt because that's where they end up in his robot mode you can see him back there so if we just get like a third party butt add-on not that kind of booty just i don't I want need, i need boot i need i need shoes I don't want my booty to have two shoulders on it. Oh, you mean like also yeah, shoes he, for him as well? He, need, he needs shoes. He need he needs boots to kind of bulk up his legs. What if? This is, okay, you know what? I was gonna say by the time we add these many add-on parts to him, he's already a reshell of either a retool or a reshell. Maybe we should just get like get someone to make a new hunger. <laughs> uh. I think if they'd shown the torso mode, there'd be a lot less guff thrown this guy's way, because I'm feeling like his torso mode's probably really good. Uh, I really hope it is, because I feel like everything about him is sacrificing for the torso mode. Uh, Aaron, how are you feeling about hunger? Um, most creative retool award. Mm-hmm. You can't fault that. Yeah. The, like the real question voted this. The <laughs> the real question will be: I wonder if that's the problem. Somebody fan moded it early hey, on. Hey, look at this fan <laughs> And a designer Let's went, "Let's just tool a new butt on this guy." All and right. And a designer just went, "Oh, sweet Jesus, thank you. Oh God. Oh, oh, that's making it a whole lot easier." No, um, I I think it'll really probably depend on how well that looks painted. Because that could go a long yeah. way to break up that look and how any parts that any new like 
accessory parts, mold part, molded parts that are required to make this work, how well those interact. Like the the little foot covers for the arms, you know, if those are just obviously something that's tacked on, that may not yeah. be good. But if there is a tab or something that holds that in place and secures it very well, that could drastically change. Like, I think on a point scale, that could be a whole point out of 10. I think paint could make those tiny little front beast legs at least not because the problem also is that we you know right now they are plain as day yeah and you can see that those things are also bolted onto a silver bolts but if the paint at least makes them flow into the body of the beast mode mm. they're still going to be tiny but right. at least they maybe will not look like something that was also physically attached right after the fact like uh yeah poor hunger that guy is not the star of the show yeah uh and if the they like the show. do up the heads of of hunger, like really make that age raw, like it looks like it is in the control art and the in the pretty mm-hmm. artwork there, like if they make it come close to that look, I think that would go a long way to distract from the fact that he's just like on his back doing some weird yoga pose while bicycling his legs. And you know what, though, it's real hard to do that kind of yoga pose. Yeah. Like holding your legs in the air like that. That's hard. Yeah. Oh. But it helps when you have little legs on your butt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, if you have like those, you know what? That's friggin' yoga training wheels is what he's got on his butt. I'm I'm you know what? That's one more knock against the little the little butt legs. Those things are just helping him do lazy yoga. Uh, I want to get to the star of this whole thing, which is they showed the third leader class design. They showed Optimus Primal. Who's a Decepticon? Uh, everyone's a Decepticon because I think they made these slides very quickly. <laughs> um. We finally know how this guy works. After all our theorizing, he still surprises in a few places. Uh, I, I talked a whole lot about uh, the way that they very specifically made this work for me when it very much was close to not. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, Aaron, just out of, out of a, a, a toy backstage thing, did you notice all the dates on, on those sketches and CAD models? Uh, no, I didn't. This, the graph paper sketches are dated <sighs> April 20. And then, well, no. So April 20, he was a graph sketch. June 22, he's a CAD model. Beginning of this month, he's a gray prototype. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice those dates. I wasn't even paying attention to that. No, thank you for calling that to my attention. This makes clear how they're doing these fan vote things. Because I'm pretty sure, not just me, but some people were thinking these fan votes are at least halfway rigged to make sense yeah. out of the toy production so that's, thing. that's two months from grid paper to CGI mm-hmm. to and like another two months, basically to another, another two months, depending on that'd be the real question, what their modeling process is to get to a gray model. Well, I think this is 3d printed because this, I, I'd swear they mentioned at some point in the last couple of years that their rapid prototyping had gotten a lot better and it was making their whole process faster. And uh, at Hascon, they showed, like, those printed Marvel Legends Wolverine prototypes. Okay. Um, so I think this is probably the result of their rapid prototyping. Uh, which is, in and of itself, that's also highly impressive. I could see that. If they have a good rapid prototyper and somebody that actually takes the time to, um, like, sand or whatever to eliminate issues, or if they... Uh, it's It's... Hasbro, they probably have a few of the uh, ultra high end. Oh yeah, well, did you see those Wolverines? No, I didn't. 
so it's basic so this is this is what printed off uh with massive amounts of gating material on the top and bottom it was basically a printed marvel legends toy like it was a marvel legends wolverine with gating material plugged all over him it looked like the printer straight up printed the joints even so um oh okay wow like all right like he's just suspended upside down i just typed in has con wolverine okay yeah that as far as i've been told or or caught now maybe i misunderstood when people were sharing that to me that that was them saying hey look this is how we can print our prototype marvel legends now Hmm. which i think is pretty amazing that actually almost looks like the um there's a different process where it's uh uses a like a uv reactive light or a uv yeah. reactive material and it just like draws it out it draws it yeah that's like those, actually printing stuff that's like those cheap 3d printers that they sell sometimes where it's like you can print a cube and we pull it up out of the material yeah, yeah. except they have like a super fancy one right <laughs> Um, but anyway, getting back to Optimus Primal, Aaron, uh, how are you feeling about this delivery, uh, on this guy? Um, so, I, it's even neater that you point out those dates that I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at the pictures, not the text. Um, I, I think it's, it's really interesting. I'm confused in that, like, the small mode is the hoverboard? Yeah, the little robot turns into the hoverboard, and I would have not been into that, had they not added that shuttlecraft cockpit to the front to make it like a little cargo ship. Yeah. So Primal's a cargo ship that all yeah, I I I was very confused as to how they would make that work. Yeah. Well, you know why he's a And now I'm like all right. I guess You know that why works. he's a cargo ship? Cuz that he a cockpit cargo ship? That cockpit is the Optimal Optimus cockpit that's on the chest and at the front of the, the goofy yeah. Optimal Optimus alt mode. So you, yeah. that's why they added that cockpit, and it also happens to make that little primal, like, legit. Yeah. And that's where the spark chamber is, because it looks like he's got a matrix of leadership in there. Yeah, and you know what? If you can take something out of there and put something back in there, what if they someone, for instance, makes a little Optimus Prime spark of Optimus Prime to put in there to finally finish that gimmick idea from the 90s? Mm-hmm. Like Jiminy Cricket, how much is happening with this guy? Yeah. Um, TJ, you, you're uh, you're into them beasts as well. Is this was anything about this, anything you thought would happen aside from like the um, info that we knew? I, I I knew he would be a big metal gorilla. Yeah, I, I that's that part's there. Um, honestly, I I really want to be into this, but I'm I am honestly disappointed in it. Like mm. it's a, it feels like a really weak delivery on the Optimus Primal component. Just like I kind of expected a Cybertronian style just because I couldn't imagine how you get an organic monkey to combine with a robotic one and still yeah. make sure it like contributed to the comb- to the combination somehow. But to just make him this what cargo ship thing, whatever, like there's something in my head. It's like, you know, in beast wars, it was kind of like, 
you know, they had to wait for like they are the animals they are because they had to wait for something that was compatible with their form. And I'm thinking to myself, how is the big surfboard thing compatible with a gorilla in any way at all? I think like, uh, I think the surfboard thing. The So for me, the little cockpit makes it work, but I think that the surfboard thing is probably it's the uniting point of the toy. And it's also going to be like the clincher for a lot of people, like whether or not it connects with you, because at the end of the day, it's like it's like obviously it's all it's all relevant to Optimus Primal. We're not going to put that into question. But if you're if you're into the hoverboard thing, you're way into it. I think it's going to work for you. If if that part doesn't work for you, I think the whole thing will fall apart. It, it just feels like they didn't try to incorporate the smaller Primal. It just it just feels like here's this. OK, here's this very generic looking shuttle mode that you could turn basically any humanoid robot into and mm. we're just going to make sure it's carved like optimus primal to fit the toy well it looks like it also makes the gorilla backpack it does but that's not a very impressive right function I, i'm saying off. though it does integrate also into the the big monkey mode yeah i think i think that the one thing about this toy that that can save it if you aren't into the, the little primal is that if you just leave little primal connected, it looks like you then get a fully triple changing optimal optimus. Mm -hmm. Like whether or not you pull primal in or out, you've got an optimal optimus who can go between his three modes. Um, just with a thing hanging off his back. Uh, of course, you know, the one mode they didn't show in prototype was the optimal optimus vehicle mode. So maybe something funny has to happen there. I doubt it because also like that vehicle mode is like the easiest thing to ever do on any toy. Right. You just got to make them lie down. <laughs> um, But yeah, like I'm, I'm into the little primal, but I can absolutely see what you're talking about, DJ. Like that, especially if you were hoping for an Optimus primal more so than an optimal Optimus. Because uh, very clearly Optimus primal is the one who made all the sacrifices uh, for this, this yeah. whole assembly to I, work i think because the gimmick has stunned me so much with how they've created that the, the evolution part of the gimmick yeah mm -hmm. I, th I think it's been done so well with the others that to see it kind of cheated here is a little bit disappointing so another thing that that cockpit saved at first and given the way the cad model looks i thought the little optimus primal just turned into that rectangle of folded robot on his back and that was it and I was like, you can't BS me with this after you had those last two guys come out, like, ramming through the torso. Uh, then I saw what the cockpit was doing. And I was like, all right, well, at least it's doing that. But uh, the rear view shot in the CAD models where you can just see folded up Optimus Primal back there gave me a fairly negative opening impression. Um, but I've warmed up to it since now that I've seen, like, more of what this thing's doing. Uh, what do you guys think they're going to do with colors? Because that's going to be another big hurdle for Little Optimus Primal. I'm not sure. I would assume that, like, with the way that he flips inside out, apparently, that he might be able to, um, you know, kind of the same way that the uh, Orion Pax did. I mean, my guess is he's got a whole lot of outside that becomes inside or vice versa to to be able to flip colors or at least like have his chest 
thighs and lower legs be colored one way and then his backpack is colored a different way in order to make a transition on it. Yeah, I feel like because I mean, this has been theorized by a lot of people, so it's not like I'm coming up with it. But I feel like what it's going to be is you're going to have Optimus Primal looking like Optimus Primal, you know, like the artwork right there is colored Mm -hmm. like Optimus Primal. And then he's going to have a really big orange backpack thing. Like that yeah. stuff that's hanging down past his butt's going to be like probably bright orange. Mm-hmm. And his shuttle mode is probably going to look really weird because it's going to be like a fairly black and white shuttle with a bright orange cockpit. Uh, unless they get some cool paint apps on the top to kind of trail the orange in and have it transition a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, there's still I, I am I am generally into this figure, but uh, I think it absolutely is. uh potentially gonna fall apart if a few things don't happen a very certain way um one of them is color though and if there's a Takara Toma release that will probably be solved because they'll just overspend on paint because they can um but yeah do you guys so do you guys think there's any so I've seen people theorizing this TJ I guess I'll ask you this because this most importantly relates to you I've seen some people saying that if you look at the way some things are moving on this some people are seeing a star saber reshell out of this. Uh, so what say you? Mm. Like given that the big thing can turn into a big flying thing, given that the little robot can turn into a stick and that saber kind of turned into a stick with a, instead of a, you know, this cockpit, a jet nose cone cockpit on the front. See the evolution gimmick scream star saber in the first place. Yeah. And between that and the fact that he does have that place in the uh in the in the power of the prime vote they did, I have no doubt we're gonna see a Star Saber doing this. Mm-hmm. Like that said, it's a completely different combination style than what they've got going on here. Yeah. I mean it's not just the fact that you've gotta think, well, this is integrating into the back of the figure and star sabers integrates into the front and well, you could rotate the torso around. Yeah. But you also have to account for the combination vehicle mode. I wonder if the combination vehicle. well, no, I was about to say, I wonder if that gets sacrificed, but everyone else has one. I keep forgetting Optimus primal technically has one um, with the, you know, the, the dumb optimal optimus jet mode. Yeah, I could see it maybe being a a remold the same way that like Ultra Magnus to Power Master Optimus Prime. Absolutely, like I should, I should mention that's what I mean. Where <laughs> it's like very skeletal arms move the same. Arms go from this way to that way. Legs go from this way to that way. The torso does what it does. Yeah. Like I could, I could see it being that level of uh, of a a remold. And I mean, obviously, like it might even just be as simple as Saber might might have some some cross relevance with Optimus Primal, and then you know the the I forgot the name of the thing now that he plugs into. You know what I mean? The thing that turns into the rest of Star Saber. That thing might be completely new. Like, you know, with uh, with Overlord and Black Shadow, it's like yeah. the jets were were very similar, but also highly different compared to the tanks. So who knows? Um, I think that was it for the for the dinner reveals. 
Other than at some point they showed, it might not have been at the dinner, but at some point they showed some pretty cool stuff about how Studio Volta, some of this artwork had been done in the color hues of the Combiner Wars, or sorry, uh, the Titans Return artwork, and then they changed the backgrounds and the tones to be a new identity for this subline. Uh, that, that picture's out there somewhere. It's kind of cool to me anyway. Um, but uh, I guess I'll ask Aaron, you first. Anything else from Hascon that you saw that we didn't talk about that you wanted to throw out there? Uh, I don't think so. Alrighty. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're looking at uh, talking about the Volcanus all um, combined. Yeah, I don't think we talked about because when we were talking, they hadn't taken out that prototype yet. Yeah. Um, that looks very early prototype. Oh yeah, that, uh, that looks there's like there's a lot that... of a lot of gappiness to it that seems like it's a we're afraid to push this together because bad things might happen. Yeah, a lot of this like the fact that this was all a, like a Hasbro rep showing websites at a table. Right. Uh makes me feel like it was like we don't think this thing is going to stay standing if we put it into the case. Right. So come over here and check it out. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I'll say though, there is you don't see hot glue pouring out of the combiner connection points. Yeah. So that's a step up. They at least have those connector ports figured out now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a couple cool things about this, like the because you're going to end up with four hands because every limb robot comes with a hand. Mm-hmm. So they have function for those other hands. You can either stick them on his flanks or attach them to, as heels to lengthen the feet. Uh, and I think that's very smart stuff. Because um, I believe I mentioned that I was not very happy with how this guy's combiner feet looked with all that stuff plugged on top of them. Uh, it doesn't fully solve my problem, but adding mass to the feet definitely would help a lot. Yeah. Um, I was scrolling down to take a look at some of these. Yeah, it's it's cool how much they were showing people and, you know, answering questions and showing some of the inner workings. Uh, DJ, was there anything about this, uh, the great prototype of Volcanicus that, uh, that you wanted to point out? I'm just hoping that it's yeah, it is. It is very much this. This thing is made of the most fragile stuff we have on hand. We're not going to test it, yeah. and I'm really hoping once we get some color shots of it that uh, things firm up a little bit more. And you know, especially around the torso, because like all the other artworks and shots of this thing are like that. He looks awesome, and then you get yeah. to this, and he's like, mm, we got some work to do. Yeah, a couple of those um, back shots are super scary. Oh yeah, like like some some people in the thread were pointing out. If you really dig through all the images, you can see how the combiner's shoulders are going to lock together better, mm-hmm. and you can see how those locking points probably rely on friction that does not exist in this prototype. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, if they are tabs, like I didn't really dig too deep, but if it's tab stuff, not you know peg stuff, that's already kind of freaking me out though. Because you know what, you know you know what doesn't work first. In mass production, in my experience, is tabs and slots. Pegs and holes, those tend to work most of the time. Or they're easy to fix. Tabs and slots, it's a little more tricky. Uh, I'm looking forward to these guys coming out, though. Because I'm, I'm, I'm interested in them partly because Grimlock is such a new torso that like he's not, not going to fall into the easy, kind of discussable patterns of the last bunch. And I'm sort of excited about that. Because, you know, it's a whole new combiner silhouette. You know, it's not a silver bolt, a hotspot, or a menosaur. It's going to be a, a brand new silhouette. Um, DJ, was there anything else from Hascon that you wanted to touch on? 
Um, I I want to say that's it. I think I think we've covered everything. Yeah. It's, a, it's just like a bunch of in-hand shots. Like, hey, guess what? That leader class Optimus, someone on Weibo got one. <laughs> I I don't think anyone was surprised. Uh, so they took a photo of it next to MP10, and yo, mm -hmm. they look real alike. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, you know that exclusive RC? Oh, you got a shot to get it here. Oh, did you miss that one? Oh, you got a shot here. Oh, did you miss that one? You got a shot here. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's worth mentioning. She's going to be at New York Comic Con as well. So you know, they put her up on Hasbro Toy Shop. She's going to be at New York Comic Con. They're probably going to give her to... Toys R Us is getting her too. Oh, okay, I missed that part. Uh, I'm happy about that because that's a good-looking uh, retool. I would like to pick one up, and I don't want to. I don't want to go out of my way to um oh yeah toys r us filed for uh bankruptcy protection in the in the states only i believe yeah. um the non-american branches of toys r us had to i believe go out of their way to say that operations are continuing as normal it's just the american branch that is filing for bankruptcy protection uh which i believe is not even bankruptcy um no so like it continues business continues as usual they had to tell yeah. everybody no no all our stores are still open we're just restructuring debt basically yeah i, I don't blame anyone yeah, because for reacting some the way number most... of billions of dollars of uh debt they were five going to billion have to pay and, i believe yeah. <laughs> so it certainly is not good <laughs> but uh like the way that that info came out i completely understand anyone taking that as oh my god is toys r us gone um Hang on, hey, I guess make a note here. I just noticed something. TJ, is your thing still say it's recording on Zencaster? Um, yeah, recording in progress. Weird. Aaron, what does it look like to you? Uh, it says all audio uploaded for TJ. That's what I'm seeing because I just noticed TJ like a track for you is maybe it's making a new track for you as well. Oh no, uh, no, my power blipped here. Oh, okay. So like okay, so about twenty one minutes in, I dropped, and now yep. it's recording again. The solo track it uploaded a solo track of those twenty one minutes already. Uh, but if it still says it's recording on your end, that means it'll either upload a second track, or worst case, I'll just use your Audacity recording. Anyway, sorry, I just wanted to double check on all that. <laughs> all right, uh, I'll continue on. You know what I almost forgot to, to talk about, and this is not just me segueing for a pause that we just did. After I said we're going to talk about those Evergreen Transformers, I forgot to talk about those Evergreen Transformers. So let's briefly talk about those, because uh, I don't think the line is literally called Transformers Evergreen as far as its branding. I believe that is just what they're classified as, because Evergreen means that they're just going to be around, and they mm -hmm. look like those Legends toys that are always just around. Uh, you know, lineless Legends toys. But those look like four completely new designs, uh, at least four completely new toolings. Of Optimus, Bumblebee, Starscream, and Megatron. Starscream and Megatron look like really solid Legends toys. They've got ball socket, shoulders, elbows, hips, knees, which is the recipe for success for Legends toys. Because mm -hmm. uh, it means they're going to have articulate robot modes. And uh, and their vehicle modes look, you know, Legends fine. Uh, Megatron looks like he's doing a pretty fun trick with a, a leg fold that then makes his feet turn into the middle mass of the tank. Uh, the sculpts are all pretty good. Uh, offhandedly, I'll just mention, compared to Starscream and Megatron, I think Bumblebee and Optimus look kind of like dollar store garbage, and that's sort of me making a joke about where they're probably going to be sold, but man, those two Autobots do not look as good as the Decepticons. 
markedly so. Um, but that aside, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty jazzed for maybe stumbling upon that Megatron and that Starscream. That Megatron is really doing it for me as a Legends toy. Um, Aaron, how you feeling about those little guys? Uh, I'm looking forward to them. That's they they look uh, promising. Mm. How's that? And they're legends. They're legends size, yeah. which I feel needs to be pointed out again, given some of the discussion in the thread. They are they are probably going to be five dollars. Mm-hmm. So if they look like five dollar toys, it's because they are. I feel like something got lost in the messaging when I read through the <laughs> the discussion thread. People are like, "I guess Transformers are over." Dollar mm-hmm. store garbage, and I'm like, "What do you think these cost?" <laughs> and these new Power of the Prime deluxes are disappointing. There was one reply, and I, f- I kind of felt bad. I highlighted it on Twitter, so I want to say, like, I don't mean this as menace. It's just like I was really taken by this reply, like in a very like this is fascinating to me. There was one reply that said. Because the packaging says age is six plus, the reply was like, "The packaging says age is six plus, but these don't look like they're for these look like they're ages three plus to me, you know, as opposed to age of six plus." And like I was just sitting there going, "Like, my dude, I want to know what your reasoning is for such a very specific criticism. Like, <laughs> I want to know what on a granular level sets apart an ages three and up toy from an ages six and up toy. Mm-hmm. I could see if it was ages ten and up." But three and up versus six and up, I am fascinated by how you came to that conclusion. I didn't get fascinated enough to actually ask, which is probably just cowardice on my part. But uh, TJ, how are you feeling about those evergreen legends? They're interesting designs. I give them that. Like, I I like, see, uh, you know, anytime they have a new take on the G1, they're trying to blend the modern and the old school aesthetic. It tends to come out interesting at the least mm-hmm. you know you know uh i like the angles on i like the angles on Starscream. scream i think that that's bumblebee robot mode ignoring the parts where i think it also looks abysmal compared to the decepticons i think the robot mode standing there looks pretty cool yeah yeah you know the most yeah you know you know, loses something in the vehicle mode but absolutely like um I don't know. I think Optimus. I I want to see Optimus out of package just because. And it looks like that. Just. And I I I I, I want to like that better than I do. Is that that would that would be, that wouldn't part, be such a bad toy if it wasn't. Uh, yeah. The part that's killing me on that Optimus is uh, maybe it's not, and it's it's these viewpoints, and I hope I'm wrong. It looks like his arms are two sticks com- connected to his shoulders by double ways hinges, not by ball joints even. It looks it just looks like he he is a one stepper compared to what I'm seeing on the Decepticons and those just the arms being giant rods is killing me, man. Yeah. <laughs> like cuz that I, robot mode also looks pretty good, but it's the thing that I almost sit there and look at like is this like um a Legends Minus and a Legends Plus. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I was wondering if maybe they took some, like, you know, it's budget for four figures, and maybe they just put more into Starscream yeah. and Megatron. There's part of me that's keeps in mind that villains don't normally sell as well as good guys, so maybe they're making the Decepticons notably better toys. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, because it's like, hey, whoever's going to buy these is going to get the Autobots anyway. 
Right. And, and and hey, you know what? Maybe Bumblebee does ha- like. I'm wondering if maybe Bumblebee's forearms are plugged into his shoulder armor, so that like there would be an elbow joint there. And uh, also, let me throw it out there: if you want to yell at me for talking about articulation on Legends toys, I get it. I'm just I'm I, I'll I'm talking in context here. Like like I'm not saying Legends toys are supposed to be this poseable. It's just like looking at what's on the two Decepticon guys has given me these yeah. criticisms. Yeah, like compare Optimus and Megatron. Yeah, like yeah, you, ha- you have to make those criticisms when you see one doing it so much better than the other at the same price point. Yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm I, 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 you can only take me at my word. I am not trying to just be a grumpy old fan saying that the toys for kids look like toys for kids because, yes, that is ridiculous if that's what I'm saying. Uh. On the bright side, now that I'm looking at Optimus' vehicle mode, he probably has fully, like, you know, jointed legs and knees, or hips and knees. That's a plus. Uh, it's just those arms that are that are bumming me out. Yeah. I'm glad that I... This is why I also wanted to ask you guys, because I did have a moment where I was like, am I being unfair to that Optimus toy, and is everyone else going to say it looks fine? So, thank you. <laughs> I feel maybe less scummy now. No, optim- we've seen better Optimus at the Legend scales than that. Yeah. Okay. Now I feel all right. <laughs> uh, anyway, anything else about the Evergreen guys, or shall we move into our next listener question? Let's do it. Uh, we got one from Winged Weasel, who has a couple questions. Uh, says, hello, WTFers. Been a listener for a while, but decided to send a few questions. Feel free to break them up amongst the two groups if you feel that will work. So I'm going to try to remember to do that. It's just that a lot of this stuff felt like things that I feel like we just recently talked about, especially the first question and then the second or the third and fourth questions related to another one. So this all rolled together. Um... Question number one, we've seen a variety of Transformers media over the years, and as an avid video game and tabletop gamer, I'm naturally drawn to games with Transformers in them. Uh, Although I've long since given up Magic, I've moved into a number of other card games over the years. What is the group take on a Transformers collectible card game or uh, LCG? Uh, LCG, he explains at the bottom that it provides uh, monthly packs that give you 100% of the cards. So it's it's basically like you don't have to, I guess you don't have to... Yeah, so so the idea of an LCG is... Like if there were factions. So if we're saying that it was a Transformers LCG, it might be like the base set is like your 84 Autobots versus Decepticons. And then the first LCG pack would be Dinobots and you'd get a bunch of Dinobot themed stuff. And then the next one might be Triple Changers and you'd get a bunch of Triple Changer themed stuff. So if you want Dinobots, you know where to go and you're going to get all of them. If you so don't want that, would that, be the... that I'm going to hunt for the mythic rare that's the one thing I need for my deck. You know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah, so that, that's the name of the genre of card gaming where you just get all the cards. You can and, get all the cards. And, and then deck building is more so part of the fun of the game. Yes. Because uh, there's a game, I forgot the name of it, there's like a game that kind of landmarked that some years ago. And I never played it, but it really got my interest because I was like, I like playing card games. But my least favorite part is having to actually randomly get cards that I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, Wingweez also mentions that, you know, as with any gamer, he's made some of his own versions over the years. But um, Aaron, this felt like something that I really wanted to present to you because I know that you you go to a lot of stuff with a lot of different kind of tabletop games. Mm-hmm. So what would you what do you what do you think you'd want out of a Transformers game? Would you want it to be a CCG or an LCG? Uh um, it all is going to depend because we have had a 
what was it? It was a pack-based thing. It wasn't necessarily yeah, a that... CCG. Oh, that was those God. pop-up was model those, things. Those pop-up yeah. model things that you could take apart and transform, and that was supposedly part of the gimmick. If you had a day. Yeah. If you had a it day. Has, you yeah. Could... <laughs> Um, well, they came, they came with cards where one side had the rules for robot mode and the other side had the right. rules for their alt mode. Right, and they'd change but like the attack model, and defense. Yeah, but the model itself they came with had nothing to do with the game. Right. You didn't need to do it at all. Right. Um, that thing is out there. Like, I... I'm not sure you know, okay. because so let's I've got... Say, I, let's I have take the from Transformers thing. Adventure game somewhere. I've got Transformers Risk um, that actually has, like, the I mean, board changes risk. and transforms. No, it's not just, like, Risk. There are, like, thematic things that are different on it, where it okay. has a part of the I, I part was... of the board that spins, a part of the board that, like, pulls out and reveals a new territory. I was, I was going to say the one thing to take from that other game before we should just forget it exists is, is obviously, for Transformers and, and with cards, it would probably work to have character cards that are not part of the deck where you can flip them over. Mm-hmm. Uh, to change modes and make that part of the game. There, there is a Magic Transformers card that came out at Hascon. So, well, there is, but it's. I read the rules on it. That's it's, a, it's a, an Autobot dinosaur vehicle. Come on. Um, part of the game. Part of, isn't part of the card deal damage if your opponent cannot transform Grimlock no. faster than you. No, it's just you have to like transform. That. A Transformers toy in order to flip the card to its other other mode. See, that's where you keep a gravity bot on hand. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, friggin' metagaming, min maxing your goofy. Well, Hascon it's not like there. It's not like there's a timer or a clock on it. It's just it's silver <laughs> border no, cards. They're they're, they're they're goofy dumb cards to be goofy and dumb because the other two that came out was like the Sword of Dungeons and Dragons and Nerf War, and Nerf War yeah. the flavor text is, is I'm going to tell you what it's not nothing. But there is a timer on it. It's how long it takes for you to transform before your opponent just flips the table and no, goes okay. through this. Yeah, I guess there's that. Yeah, so yeah, you can you can metagame this. All right, let's not let's not let's make sure the layers are represented here. Um, I I could see. Well, I mean, and it's pretty close depending on how you want to define a card game, like your Cybertron card pack, whatever thing that that you have crystals that get you packs i mean at at a certain point those are card game adjacent oh yeah i i think if transformers did get a card game it would whether or not i want it to be it would be a randomized thing because that Mm -hmm. makes the money and transformers is designed to make money first and foremost so it's going to be one of those uh but not knowing my card games that well all i can really think of is like like i i liked the versus system a lot for a few years um, so I just think something character based where the cards have different modes and you need to do stuff to shift those modes. You can't just flip them mm-hmm. or there need to be either you need to do something to change modes or changing modes comes with consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, I can remember I can remember the Star Trek TCG they came out with where you had. Uh, you had Borg cards that were cl- that were clear plastic printed, so you put them on top of something and it augmented their oh that's abilities. cool oh cool so like that that feels like how it could be done was where okay well I've only got like the vehicle mode card here you know so I can only do so much but if I draw this card that lets me convert it to robot mode I get 
extra advantages. You, know, well, I, you always I think, have like a Pokemon evolution system. I think there would need to be a transformation system. And then this is me mostly for my tastes. I would really want the game, the game's backbone to be the transformation system. Like make that the make that the crux of the metagame is is it's not just character combat, but, you know, transformation is what makes the game interesting. Because when Transformers licensed games are the least interesting is when it's just a boilerplate game template that mm -hmm. has Transformers in it. And mm -hmm. then one of the boilerplate functions is tied to transformation like uh, Earth Wars. Well, as much as I have played Earth Wars and kind of liked it, transformation is not a thing in Earth Wars. It's just when your character uses their special ability, we also made it so that's when they transform. Well, you do have a similar. Well, I mentioned the Pokemon TCG where, you know, transformation from smaller Pokemon to larger Pokemon is a pretty big facet of the game. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have like a a vehicle mode uh, motor master card and then you draw the robot mode, put that on top. And now you got a stronger card, stronger fighter. And then you draw a Menasaur card and you go one step higher. I think I think for me, because that sounds like a cool idea, but it also sounds like it's one direction that you're going in. And like, I would want it so that like, because because I think evolution is a good place to start, but I don't want Transformers to be evolving. I want them to be like shifting. So I want well, I want the form changes to make them go sideways more so more, than forward more, and back. You know, it's more it's more example than anything of what you could do. Like, oh, you could, for sure. You yeah. Could, yeah, you could lean the cards so that, you know, they have advantages and disadvantage to that, you know, like, well, you have to go second if you're using a combiner because you're so slow. Yeah, you know, you could you could you could have ways of tweaking that. So there's balance to it because I'd Reasons love it to go if, backwards. I'd love it if the game was balanced such that you are encouraged, if not rewarded tactically for constantly transforming. Depending on the situation. Like, I, I, I would love it if a Transformers tabletop game like that, you know, card game especially, um, if it was like, you're not just trying to get to the one mode because that's this character's good mode. But it's like the game, the game is built so that if you if you camp on a mode because, you know, you like what that mode's function is, you're also like, you know, cutting the leg off of that character's metagame in some way. Part of me is imagining an entire theme deck revolving around Gigatron. I mean, yeah. once that game is out long enough, yes. Like, like you know, the multi-changers, like, yeah, make that a whole other meta. And then expand on that meta I'm talking about, where it's like, if you have, like, a triple changer or a sextuple changer, like, it, it'll be more chaotic to play, and it's more spinning plates. But imagine if it's like, you can play where you just settle on a mode for a few turns at a time. But if you really want to take some risk, and if you can, and if you can spin all these plates in the metagame, however that you know manifests, I'm not sure. If you can spin enough plates and switch modes literally every turn with like a sextuple changer, oh, the rewards you will reap for pulling that off! Mm -hmm. Like huge risk, but then massive friggin' reward. I think that would be super cool. Uh. Anyway, I think that that's me running also into the wall of my knowledge base for CCGs. So, uh, do you guys have anything else you want to throw in? Not really. Or okay. okay, let's move on to question two, which is the other side of the coin. What about a miniatures war games type thing? Uh, and he mentions a tactics, which I believe is as close as Transformers came. And it, man, it I wanted miniature. to get into it a tactics. Was miniatures. I mean, you had little figures that had shooters or big slappy arms. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a game that was super close to interesting me. Like, the part where they were like, if you roll the figure forward, it makes clicks, and that's its movement measurement. I was like, oh, that's neat. But then it was like, just that half step back to being like, really the point of this game is just shooting missiles at each other. Mm-hmm. And how good you are at doing that. Um, and he mentions Disc Wars, which had flippable components and things, which I, I don't know much about Disc Wars. Uh... I think for miniature and wargaming, the one problem with that is that comes so close to me going, what if you just give me a rule book for my toys? Yeah. Because at some point, it's like you're going to be designing physical transformers that are miniatures, and I'm like, I'm just going to be sitting there going like, you know, a Legends toy is that size and it would be posable. You know, and I think that would distract me from whatever degree of engaging rule set there might be. But then, how do you have a rule set based on toys where every figure has a different standing base? Then are you just making bases for existing Transformers? And then is that just going to be a boring game like that Marvel game that was just a means to get articulated smaller Marvel Legends for about a year or two? Yeah. Uh, I think that card games would be the most interesting place to go that doesn't butt heads with the toy core of what transformers are but aaron what do you think yeah i so you could do and i actually saw a few weeks ago uh a really interesting um reddit post where somebody was taking space marines and his concept was to paint them like as autobots and decepticons let me see if i can find where he had an optimus prime painted thing and it looked really cool. Um, so mm. I, I think it's something that could be done um, actually right here because I'd saved it. Um, it's something that could be done. You can make miniatures that look really cool and go from there. Uh, however, like, yeah, if you're going to have it be based off of the toys that you have, then it will be very difficult to like like how do you guarantee that everybody has something you know and and at some point yeah. it does just become you make rules for the toys that you have to fight across your living room and or your rules get so generic that it's like how is this really transformers right. like for one like this this one thing this miniature looks friggin' yeah. cool like that is a really damn good paint job but also this is kind of like this feels to me like a great representation of like, what if we took 40k and then you just put the figures of the Transformers? Because right. then it's like, then I'm just playing 40k. Right. So yeah, there's there's any I'm, of I'm wrong with that. Any but, any of those yeah. games, you could do something like that to it, and it, it yeah, I'm not sure how you would I mean, do that other than just say come up with rules for how some of the stuff works, and then it doesn't really matter because it could be done. Like you could have. Like uh, way back in high school, I played 40k with Lego because I didn't have the money as a 16 year old to go out and buy a few hundred dollars worth of stuff. I had a bunch of Lego that I could form to be about the same shape and away I would go. Yeah, but when you break it down, like every game that you play comes down to it's just a set of rules and maybe a board to help mm-hmm. you plot those rules out. I mean, you could play Monopoly with your 40K stuff if you really wanted right. to. I have Transformers Monopoly. See, I kind of <laughs> feel... Uh-huh. See, I kind of feel like this is where Transformers might even work better 
I mean, mm. the tr- like, well, the transformation element gets a little weird. Like in my head, I'm thinking of something that works. Uh, I don't know, almost, almost like the. Uh, oh, I can't remember the, the heads. Like the, the current, like giant-headed transformers. You like you pull the low, you pull their sigil oh, on their uh, head. And it so, flips out. Now I don't. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I can't remember what they're called now off the top of my head. See, but that, that kind of that, that kind of like style of game has more of a natural fit for Transformers because it's like you. OK, so you get this little block that's like, OK, it's like, you know, it's like Optimus Prime from like the waist up. It's like it's like a little bust. And yeah. then you just like flip it around and it turns into his, you, you know, it flips down and his truck flips up from the base. Oh, the, the more so, I think about it, like my my main problem is very unfair because my main problem is just like it's really just a case of distraction, you know, yeah. because it's a physical object. Uh, absolutely. Like a good rule set with, you know, just the same tenets as I have for, for well, card games, just make transformation well, matter. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, well, here's what you do. Well, it, well, this is where it's a more natural fit. Cause it's like, okay, I'm going to turn into vehicle mode. Now my movement's higher at the cost of my attack this round being lower. Cause I don't have any guns out. Okay. Next round, I'm going to turn to robot mode. So my movement is less, but now I have my guns, So my attack is stronger. And you have yeah. other characters that balance it mm-hmm. differently. You turn into a tank. So your attack's going to be way higher in vehicle mode at the cost of going even slower. Right. So and you, you, you know, have you know, a way of balancing it between different characters so each one has different strategies to them. You know what I think is the is like the cherry on top that makes this have that one extra layer of depth? Make transformation, the process, have its own little set of like tweakable rules. I'm thinking... There's transformation time that can vary from character to character. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, you know, complexity. And those two factors maybe can be affected by other characters' abilities. So it's like, your transformation is is fast and complex. So if I like to have something that throws a monkey wrench into your T-Cog, you have transform. Yeah. It freezes. You're in full-on momentum. And you just friggin' break your own shoulder and fall on the ground. Uh, and you need like yeah, a, t- so- a turn to get back up. It's almost like a you know it's almost like a D and D thing where okay well normally transform is a bonus action you can still do your main stuff okay this character has a slowdown feature if you're like within like three tiles of him it's a it's a full action to right. transform yeah and and I think that if that rule is like is like if every single character has some characteristic of their transformation that's affectable and I'm, I'm just thinking speed and complexity are two easy ones to apply to everybody. That way you have enough layers to play with to make transformation matter and have consequences and have risk or reward all rolled together. Um, and I think it's just, you know, to me, that's the key of a Transformers game that really works is, is transformation actually matters uh, somehow. And keeping the best Transformers games to some degree kind of cheat that a bit of like transform and you turn into a turret. You know, <laughs> like the, the high moon mm-hmm. games, uh, a lot of the land based characters, that was kind of just the thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think it could also, I, sorry, I was going to say all those things I said at the beginning about miniatures games and like how it probably wouldn't work as well. And I, I, Aaron literally just talked about risk working in a transformers yeah. element to make itself a unique variant on risk. Aaron made the point that nullified my main negativity at the beginning before we even got to this question. And I really wanted to point that out. <laughs> Uh, Transformers Risk sounds like a really good example. Yeah, of I mean it's it's all something that could well. like given the right rule set and somebody paying attention to it and understanding what makes it thematically strong 
could make it work. And it's the same way it is, you know, talking about the the CCG, TCG, whatever CG of if you have somebody that just slaps it on something else, it's going to suck. If you have somebody that develops something from the base or start out with something that's a core, you know, if there was some sort of tabletops, minis, roll 20 or open gaming type thing that would work and you can tweak it and be good with it, then, yeah, it could be interesting. Hmm. So anyway, uh, Wind Weasel, if you can just get to work on those games yeah. for us, and uh, you know we're not going to pay for them, but we'll definitely give you some exposure uh, if you finish those things up. Disgusting. That's what I just said. Um, question number three. Uh, just quick question: Wondering what the odds are of uh, doing prime time, but for the comics, basically doing book club. Um, I actually I, I do want to do that more. It's just it's mostly just a logistics thing of like trying to figure out who's read what and then also trying to organize another podcast mm-hmm. in the week. And right now that tends to be pretty difficult for all of us. Um so it's not impossible, it's just like right now it's a little unlikely, mostly due to scheduling and logistics. Um we're all kind of working on a pretty good clip of me being on every week and everyone else being on every two weeks, and we're kind of just finding a day that works. So that's the main reason why we're not doing anything else right now. But, you know, I'm not against talking about the comic books. Um, quick check-in. Uh, how caught up are you guys on the comic books right not now? Not at all. Fully. We got a not a lot and we got a fully. <laughs> okay. Bonus points. TJ, does that fully include all the First Strike stuff or just the stuff that oh, says God. Transformers on it? 90% fully. All right. Yeah, I'm kind of there, too. Um, Aaron, whereabouts are you at? I, I couldn't even tell you at this point. It's been a while, and I am way behind on going to the comic shop to pick up. <laughs> this this girl named Windblade just showed up? A little bit after that, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> uh, you can skip Dark Cybertron. Okay. <laughs> like, you actually can't. You just read what happens in it. Dark Cybertron is weak. Uh, but yeah, uh, I have, I have popped here up here and there on other podcasts, not in a while, but I know I've talked about comics once or twice over on Moonbase too. Um, cause I'm, I'm always up for being on other people's podcasts cause it just means I can talk and I don't have to do any work afterwards, uh, which is my favorite way to do things. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll figure some stuff out. I also just, I don't, I wouldn't really want to just have like a two person comic talk thing cause I, I, I like I, when we're talking about like episodes of stuff or like pieces of the fiction, I kind of like having more than two mm-hmm. people. And given our current logistics state, also then working in the logistics for finding, you know, guest people or whatever becomes even more troublesome. And then I go like, well, I could do all this or I could go and do something else. And that's that's a lot of that's on me. Um. Anyway, question number four. Uh, and this one really does tie into the next question I want to talk about, so that's why I was hitting all of them up here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Transformers Prime Masterpiece figures? Uh, Winged Weasel says, Prime is far and away my favorite Transformers cartoon. I would like to have high-end versions of Sandwave, Starscream, Bulkhead for my wife uh, and the rest of the cast. I think I'd go bankrupt trying to troop-build Masterpiece Vehicons, but is that is it too soon for these? Is the market not there currently? Thanks, keep up the great work, click. So, 
Uh, I think there are some prime designs that fully warrant at least high-end versions. I don't think we'll see Masterpiece versions until at least 2020 or 2025 at the earliest. Um, prime definitely has got the micro fandom to support it that way. Mm -hmm. Maybe even a, a more vocal and money carrying micro fandom than animated, just given the time and place that prime happened and came out and, you know, the way the show came out. Uh, but we like, given that we also have just now started to see the barest trickle of beast Wars stuff and that transformers is constantly defaulting back to, to G one in one way or another, I don't think the chances are that high of official ones uh, happening anytime soon. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's a galaxy. Yeah, force part still. of part of the issue with that would be just the fact that it hasn't had, you know, the kids that Transformers Prime is their, that's their show. They've not turned into mid twenties to mid thirties, lots of disposable income people. Definitely, that that is one big part of it. Mm -hmm. But the thing that Prime has, at least in my observations as a spectator, Prime skipped that step to a degree with a large part of its mm -hmm. fandom, where Prime was not a lot of kids' first Transformers cartoon, but Prime ended up being a lot of adults' first Transformers cartoon, or young adults at least, um, which is part of why it has such a vocal and energetic fandom uh, for just it as, as an entity. Is there a lot of people who were, you know, in their teens, 20s, who, as their first Transformers cartoon that they really got into, watched Prime. Mm -hmm. So it kind of skipped the, the nostalgia step and went straight into the fandom step in a way. Yeah. Uh, which I think gives it a leg up over even animated. Animated had a lot of people jump on, but I think because animated was right before the live action movies, prime being right in the heart of the live action movies caught just so much more traffic and attention. And then it got a massive high budget and was pushed like mad for at least the first two seasons, um, as the forefront transformers media that isn't on yeah. cinema screens that like, it, it's got a lot going for it. Um, just not until about five to 10 years yeah. from now. Yeah, we've seen where things like Galaxy Force and animated in the third party market just really don't have enough people there to support that. You know, we've seen very few projects out of third party for those kinds of generations and they don't last or they come into really big hiccups like Meteor did. You know, so the market's just not there yet. And I think a big reason for that is Prime also came out at a time when, you know, it's not like G1 Masterpiece or anything where you buy it because those toys you grew up with or the toys you had as, you know, the originals look nothing like they did yeah. in the show. Mm. Like they are just a billion miles off from how, like, you know, look at Ironhide. Done. Prime came out at a time when it was pretty easy to replicate what they looked like in the show and still produce a really, really good toy. I mean, you have to look to first edition for some of it, but like that first yeah. edition Prime and Bulkhead were fantastic figures. Oh, yeah, uh, a good half of the first edition line like satisfies a lot of main cast members and the back half of Prid when Prid got into its flow uh, is is excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. That's why I'd say it's it's even it's less about Transformers Prime masterpiece. It's more about there are specific characters in Prime who kind of transcended Prime itself and became uh, became franchise recognizable characters. You know, mostly through the comics now. Um, 
that I think also had bad prid toys that that could oh. or you know not sufficient yeah, prid toys. Yeah, Arachnid and Knockout desperately need good yeah. toys, and they are in they the comics. Them. Uh, yeah, and so I think it's more about selfishly. I want you know characters like Arachnid. I want Knockout especially to get a high budget, more complicated toy that looks more like he does in the show. I think even then, the biggest chance for Knockout is one that it'll it would probably be Mastermind reformatted. It would probably be a slightly more comic esque, probably more Cassie Sark esque aesthetic. It would probably look like Knockout, but it certainly wouldn't be Prime mm-hmm. Knockout. Um, I think that the window for Prime third party stuff that looks like the show is if the small wave of upcoming movie third party toys that are full on transforming figures, if those things really hit it and do well. I think there might be a window for Prime to sneak in there in that wave with that particular micro market, but I wouldn't hold your breath, unfortunately. Like, I, I would like for this to work out, and I know I've been more optimistic about this stuff years before, but as TJ pointed out, there are now enough examples uh, to, to cite that, like, a third-party project that isn't pocket-scale or masterpiece-styled or G1-styled, uh, it, it's, it's likely to not have the legs to to warrant its own cost uh unfortunately so fingers crossed you know maybe this will this will turn out but i don't know our next question though from xl hedge is also full of prime stuff so let's just roll on into it uh the first one's easy what optimus toy would you recommend uh for a lineup with his prime voyager toys i can't seem to find one close to them uh so my main question here is i'm trying to parse what he means so is he meaning an Optimus that looks good next to the Prime Voyager? Because that's what I think he means. If you're, if you're going to have a bunch of Optimus Primes, and then you have, like, all of the Voyager Primes from Prime, so First Edition, Prid, and Beast Hunters, who would line up with those really well? Uh, off the top of my head, I guess you'd be going to other Voyager toys? Like, they'll be the same size. Um... I don't know which Maki site, because should I check that Maki, Maki site that I keep bringing up? I don't know what site you're talking about. It's Mandarake. Okay. Okay. I don't know what that means, though, in this context. (laughs) Because I don't, I mean, yes, go there and you'll find some stuff. Uh, If he means, like, which Optimus from the Prime line would would you like pick for like a lineup from the cast so, oh like, between first edition prid beast hunter first, first edition, edition yeah that's like oh, yeah. yeah yeah and then i would say get beast hunters voyager prime because it's a good figure and that design appeared in the show but first edition voyager prime is is the first one you should get uh I will recommend Beast Hunter's Voyager Prime till till the end of days, because that is a good toy that a lot of people, I think... Actually, you know what? A lot of people have come around on that toy, so I can't keep talking about it like it's an underdog. But don't skip that figure. You know, maybe w- try to find it in the colors you like. The North American colors on that figure are not necessarily the best, but it's a good toy. Uh, question two, if the next TV series is still set in Aligned... Quote unquote, I would say. Are there any characters from Prid you would want to carry over? Any to return from Prime besides Megatron? Because my first answer would be Megatron. Uh, Knockout would be my second answer. <laughs> um, so before, I, there's actually something based off this I want to talk about, but quickly, like, TJ, is there anyone you'd like to see come back from Prime? 
Um, well, not not we already named two, which would have been the knockout and the arachnid. So th those being pretty easy. Um, I kind of want to see the kid cast back. Me I too. I want to see him grown up as full agents. Yes. I, I think that if there was one dropped ball with Rid, it is that that thread was God, never I'm picked forgetting. up. What's the name of the human task force thing? Uh, mm, Unity. Unity. Yeah. Yes. A Unity show where the Transformers uh, happen to be supporting roles. Oh, that'd be cool. Or what if instead of Unity, it's like it's Unity, but it's like Unity colon revolutionaries, since that's their new branding they tend to use for sure. that stuff. And then it's like, hey, G.I. Joe's here, too, because where else are they going to be? <laughs> uh, but this, based off this, I want to briefly mention, um, is it Adam Beechin? The guy who's the, the lead dude on RID? I think that's his name. He's been answering questions on his personal website, on his blog, in the comment section. Uh, and some stuff came up in there. He, he's very blunt in his answers, partly because some of the questions he's getting are written like garbage. Uh... I'll throw it out there quickly. If you have the, the opportunity to ask a question of a creative working on Transformers, have like some tiny speck of tact when you ask the question. Because some of the questions Adam Beach is answering are garbage in tone and are embarrassing to look at. But the, uh, the stuff that came out of that is that Prid was kind of from the ground up, never, ever meant to be a sequel show right. to Prime. It was meant to be in continuity, but uh, having Ratchet and Soundwave show up in it and Bumblebee is as far as they were ever. That was already farther than they were ever planning mm -hmm. to go. Um, and he, he straight up says he knows that some person related to the show said the word sequel. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it was kind of like if I could go back in time and just friggin smack that person in the back of the head <laughs> before they said it. Oh, how I would have. Um, he's also very good at cons consistently saying without ignoring it, stop asking me a question that is basically, can you not to ask for spoilers, but can you tell me a spoiler? Cause he's like, I'm not going to tell you. And a lot of people keep going like, yeah, but, uh, will Megatron show up? Don't tell anyone else. Just tell me. And it's like, he's like, no, I'm not going to tell you because I'm still asking for a spoiler. It is. There's some really cool info in there. Just like maybe, I don't know, look at the. A, look at one of the summarize, summarization articles, and then B, don't read the questions. Because <laughs> a lot of the questions, some of the questions are really good because some people are kind of trying to fight back on that blog. But what a nasty tone some of those questions established. Uh, anyway, question number three from Excel Hedge. Uh, is anyone getting tired of hearing Cullen and Welker as Prime and Megatron? Not saying they're bad, but I'd like to hear Chalk and K again, or maybe K and Burton, or just some new blood. Sorry this being long. Click, because Vangelis deserves it for actually reading my bad writing. Exledge. Exledge also had some stuff about, uh, kind of a follow-up to a, a question we'd posed, or a listener question before, but it's been long enough that, out of context, it probably didn't make enough sense, so I left it out, and I don't remember what it was anymore. Um, and I, absolutely, I would like to hear some new voices. Uh, I think I'd like to hear Welker back as Prime Megatron, because I think he did such a good job, and I think there is some more meat to that character to dig into, but I am totally up for some fresh blood as Optimus and mm -hmm. Megatron. I think, I think Cullen is hitting a wall. Uh, I don't think he's doing badly, I just think it sounds like he's doing a job. 
that's all. Uh, but yeah, um, Aaron. Uh, New blood. Yes. Answer the question. TJ. <laughs> um, for Optimus Prime, I will agree. It seem it feels like he just hasn't had what he used to in a long time. You know, it 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 feels like yeah, it kind of feels like going through the motions a little bit. Um, Frank, I still think has whatever he needs because he's shown multiple times he's still capable of like the straight up campy G one Megatron. And what we have heard from him since has been intentionally changed for whatever new interpretation he has. I think, you know, it's Frank Welker. He is mm. the top of the voice acting industry. Like, I, I, he, I would I would like him to stick around in the live action movies because he is finally making the live action movie Megatron palatable. Yeah, um, this is true. I, I just don't really want him back for another cartoon because I think he. I think he has lots more in him, but Prime Megatron was so frigging good a performance. I kind of want that to be his exit performance yeah. on that character. I, and I'd like that character to come back. I would like to know what Megatron did after the Beast Hunters movie. But I feel like if he comes back just to do another Megatron, all I'm going to be doing is thinking about how much it's not like the Prime Megatron um, you know that maybe that's a little unfair, but Prime Megatron was was like a career defining performance when set next to you know his early Megatron performance. Like it's incredible that and Freddy uh, in Mystery Incorporated. I was like he friggin' just he didn't have to do the work and he outdid two of his most iconic characters. Really hardcore. Well, no one no one else has ever played the adult Fred. So like. It's true. Just what happens? Well, there was a guy in the live action movies, and I don't remember what his name was. <laughs> there was a guy he... in the live action movies, and then there was the kid Fred from uh, the pup named Scooby Doo. Beyond that, yeah. every like every version of Fred has always been Frank Welker, which is astonishing. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's why Mystery Incorporated Freddy like does so much for me because friggin' the fact he put any semblance of nuance into that character's voice. Still blows my mind to this day. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's our listener questions. So uh, let's pop over to some what we got this week. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't really got anything this week. Uh, Aaron, oh, I already said week? one of the things I got this week. Got you did! This, that was yeah, this recording. I got uh, Decepticon Nitro. <laughs> and His name is Nitro uh, Zeus. The box says Decepticon Nitro. So, okay, fine, Nitro <laughs> Zeus. Um... I am amazed at what he does to transform. I want to find this figure, yeah. damn it! So, Everyone says see, this I'm, is I'm, cool. I'm, I'm currently floating over a, a listing to get it for like a $10 markup, and you're going to decide whether or not I actually um, hit the button. I almost friggin' did that when I went to order that so Kongman. So he has like two parts that like his his arm gets up out of the way so that other parts can swivel around. That is something that's entirely like unique to me. Uh, his his cockpit crossbow thing has a whole lot more action to it than I thought that it would. Um, mm. like the oh the the biggest issue that I have with him is that his headmaster is loose. It very much wobbles around, and so the way that 
Like, so he can transform without his head ever coming off, even though he has a cockpit mm. that'll seat a Titan Master. Um, the the one thing that I had issue with is he has so he has a panel like that is the tops of his like shoulder. It'd be like his like collarbone area that is part of a thing that pivots and folds forward for jet mode so that his, the top of his head would be down in the jet. And then he has a second part inside of that platform that then turns 90 degrees the other way so that then his head would be aligned again parallel to the body of the jet. You follow me? I'm trying. So imagine he, <laughs> like, from the, the shoulders across, bends 90 downwards, and then... From like the the neck port bends ninety upwards. Okay, so yeah, like a S right. curve kind of thing. And so then that's how his head like tucks around and doesn't stick out. Uh, his wings are entirely contained inside the jet pack things that show up on his shoulders. That's how those materialize out of nothing. Um, his for as big and powerful as his legs are they fold up to pretty tight into the jet accessory bits for i mean because virtually every transformer that's a jet is a flat airplane like a a like a mathematical flat plane with stuff hanging out underneath it it still does that to a decent extent but it's not as nearly as egregious as i thought it was going to be all right yeah, I, you know, I'm about to go to a Transformers convention this weekend where they are probably going to have tons of Scorns and Nitros because those things actually yeah, came out in the States. Should, and, and even, at, like, if you get the chance, I don't know what your schedule's like, but, like, if you can hit up a Walmart because that's where they're starting to show up again. You might just find one at retail. Uh, are they around I, that I area, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't I, know what's around the... You don't I don't live, live in the, in the <laughs> Maryland, Maryland, D.C. DC area. area. <laughs> well, friggin'... Hmm. <laughs> And if I didn't have my annual uh, historic reenactment thing going on, I'd probably try and pick you one up and haul it down so I could throw that at your head too. But not at not oh, everything that would, that can would be, be a uh, big boom. Not everything can happen like that. That would be a kaboom hitting my head. It would be that thing. Kind of down for it. Um, all right. Anything else? So in your I end? did get the RC um, headmaster RC. Oh, the uh, did you get it off Hasbro? I got it from somebody that was there. I snarkily said, hey, I don't want to be that guy, but can I be that guy? And then I got a message saying, sure, as long as you'll pay for shipping. And was like, uh, well, duh. Okay. Oh, who enabled you? Let him remain nameless. I know. I was about to say, don't actually name him. Um, (laughs) That's rude. So I am amazed at yet another use of this mold that seems very different than the others the way that her shoulder panels tuck in around and hide and um like the changing of the molding of the like the stuff that goes past the hand for car parts um definitely gives this car a different feel from blur and from uh, the other two that i'm pulling a blank on off the top of my head because too many versions Nautica. Nautica and yeah. Brainstorm, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same similarities. You see the same bones in there, a lot of the same parts, but the way that it's all configured is entirely uh, uh, just well enough to to make it its own thing. Um, hey, if if you're fine with one of a mold, maybe don't go running for it because I mean, it's a great head for RC. Looks very good, mm-hmm. um, except. And like even the the headmaster is done up like one of the exosuits. Um, the Ultra Magnus head sure is an Ultra Magnus head. I, I was about to say I'm I'm gonna be at a Transformers convention on the weekend. If you could, I know this isn't how it works. If I if I can leverage on somebody that hey you know this is gonna be out everywhere yeah, right? If, if you can get it at retail, it wouldn't be bad. The, the packaging is super cool. Um, I had to, like, scratch the crap out of one of the flaps that held everything together. I felt kind of bad about that, but the way that it, like, opens up and folds out is super neat. If you can get it for retail and you want the RC, then yes. Um, if you think you're happy with one copy of a mold, then find whatever's the least expensive. But, like, if I'm seeing that thing showing up for, like, 45, 50 bucks, I should just tell myself it's going to be yeah. out everywhere. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Sounds good. But uh, also got Skulletron. My Skulletron is, oh, is a lot better than the original version of this mold, except for the stupid way that his shoulders yeah. tab together. Yeah, that still doesn't really... I, I had to tighten... Actually, I haven't done yeah. it yet, but I need to tighten that part up. I'm not even still. sure how you would, because I don't think that floor polish would work for that. So I, I, I did it with floor polish on uh, steel did, band. Did that work for the uh, shoulder? It took a while. Like the, the like scissor... Not scissor, but like the the yeah, leaf it, tab? You gotta, you gotta brush it on with like a Q-tip, and it might take a few tries. Okay. <laughs> but it did... Because on my steel band, those just didn't work. And after I added the extra, at least friction, because part of that connection is a slightly rubberier plastic, uh, it, it helps a lot with trying to trying to thicken it up a okay. little bit. But it's it's based on creating new friction more than it is based on creating okay. new thickness. Um. All right. The um, the one thing that I noticed on looking at it, I kind of think that his like because it has this really neat like aged copper look. And I think it's backwards of what it should be because it should be the recesses of copper is what gets the patina, not the edged surfaces. So I was curious about that because Games Workshop put out oxidization paint and rust uh, shading. And their oxidization paint is a dry brush highlight. And I was sitting there going like, because I don't, you know, when I look at a thing that's got oxidization, I'm not really picking out what's a recess and what's not in my mind's eye. So because the oxidization color was a highlight, I just kind of assumed like, is oh, that, I guess is this that is... one a highlight or is that a. Uh, uh, it's not the ink. I'm pretty sure it's not the ink. Maybe I'm I maybe th- I'm wrong. I, th- I haven't I think used your your backwards because. Um, OK. Looking at the like i've got it the the nikala oxide because i've been watching a lot of those videos um all of those show it being like as as a wash style paint to to paint water down your paints by the way 
with a little bit of water, just about like that. And I, I never yep. know what that is, but um, yeah, when when uh, Lord Duncan does it, it's it's always like a wash, but I think it's it's something that keeps its color a lot stronger than most washes. Okay, yeah, that, that, yeah, I misremembered then. Because uh, yeah, that, yeah, Steelbane definitely uses that as a highlight yeah. color, which is weird. You know, you know what I might I might be doing is I might have bought a second Steelbane and I might be getting those Games Workshop rust colors to try doing okay, the paint job myself. Okay, you should also get some blood for the Blood God then. Have you seen the video of that one? Why? Where it's, de- where it's I have, designed I to look like blood splatter. And the thing is, I don't know where I would use oh, just it. Just on a sword. But he doesn't stab people. He stabs robots. Well, yeah. They have hydraulic red hydraulic fluid. fluid. Is, is it red? <laughs> there, there is red hydraulic Does fluid it... out there. Blood red hydraulic fluid that gets all thick Look, and bloody. On pretty close. Okay. And if you really feel like it, you get blood for the blood god, and you mix in some, like, like the uh, what's the the other one the. The other technical. The, oh, are you freaking? Gra- Sorry, what? You don't corrosion. know the names? I thought you were. Sorry, I'm trying to flip through <laughs> their uh, their paint lists here. You can't keep up with their 15 syllable yeah. names for the color brown. <laughs> uh, hey, but they do have a rhinox hide. Oh, I remember that one. Yes. And uh, hard yeah. coat, not hard coat, because you got to put orc stuff and in green something. stuff. The green stuff thing, Zach dates back. I'm kind of annoyed it's still that, because I'm kind of like, this is sort of intentionally dumbing it down in a way that I find troublesome. Because yeah. it's only green because it's blue and yellow, and it, it's when they have stuff like, hey, we made some white green stuff, and I'm like, then it's not green stuff anymore! <laughs> anyway, sorry. That, I don't know but where yeah, that tangent so came from. Of on-topic uh, stuff, that is it for me. All right, uh, TJ. Any fresh transformer stuff on your end? Not a bleeding thing. You mean the mail was not literally through sleet, snow, and hurricane? <laughs> well, I've had time. I've gotten things in. Yeah, you know, like like the mail has uh, actually started to work again. Hey, I'm in the holding pattern where like the only transformers out that I'm that I'm after are like is like uh, Nitro Zeus and Cogman who may or may not be coming and I'm waiting for BBTS to actually get their overlords in. That's yeah. pretty much all the on topic I'm waiting on. I'm, I'm after Cogman. I'm after score and I'm after nitro Zeus. I'm after Dragonstorm. I'm after octane and blitzwing who actually had been cited in Walmart's around here. Thank goodness. So maybe I'll find them, but all of these things, the, the coupons are over and nitro Zeus and score. And I think might be hitting the end of their run. And I'm like, maybe I should just, I do really want to pick those figures up. There's no special Japanese version I can wait for. Maybe I just got to eat it on those ones. I don't know. We'll see what happens this weekend. Um, well, going off topic, uh, TJ, we should probably close up pretty soon because we've cleared our two-hour mark that I'm kind of liking that we keep hitting. But uh, off topic-wise, anything you want to highlight? Um, I got the new yep. Metroid game. Oh, you both? Okay, how are you guys finding it? I've been hearing good I've enjoyed things. it. Yeah, I couldn't it, it, put it down. It completes all of my Metroid games on my 
new 3DS that I bought as well that's Metroid themed. Along with the, the two amiibo that are Metroid themed. You know how tempted I was by that new 3DS because I have an old 3DS and I'm like, you know what? It's old enough. Maybe I should just yeah, get a new that one. That was so actually what I was looking for was the like the RFID um I uh, the RFID um IR connector thing so that I could use my ancient 3D my release 3DS and use Amiibo and no place had that thing short of paying like $60 for one. And I was like, well, how much is a new Ew. 3DS? Ooh. And so I went to GameStop and I was like, okay, do you have this thing? And the guy's like, yeah, we had, no, that's the thing that just reads Amiibos. Uh, no. And I was like, okay, well, do you have the, the Samus one? And the guy like looks around, looks around. He's like, Ooh, no, wait. And then like opens the drawer and I was like, yeah, here's one. I was like, son of a bitch. All right. Hey, well, hey, Alfie, would you be upset if I bought this? She's like, do you have the money for it? It's like, well, yeah. She's like, go for it. I don't care. I was like, I, you, all right, ring it up. Well, TJ, did you go Amiibo as well for the Samus stuff or did you just get the game? Um, I have the Amiibo. The, they are sitting in Hobby Link Japan Aww. right now. Ah, because import, getting the imports are way easier than trying to get the, the US releases. You need all um, four Metroid themed no. Amiibo. <laughs> Original Samus, Zero no, Suit, New Samus, and Metroid. It's not the original Samus, it's other M. It can go go to hell. Well, I, I, I'm saying I the original Super Smash Brothers Samus. Yes, yes, it's the other M design. I don't okay, want Okay, well then you don't get a tank in the game. What? Yeah. You know, the emergency, like the, the oh, you died, except for now you come back with like three tanks worth of health. That's messed up. Can you just get like a bootleg you RFID can. chip? I mean, that's all that it runs off of. <laughs> the only all one right. that you need to have more than once is the Metroid one, because that one tells you where the nearest Metroid is. Uh, well, uh, well, I've already beat the game. Well, so. well it, they also I guess all, you didn't need that. They also then. all unlock <laughs> um, artwork. That's on the disc. Oh. See, it doesn't even matter because I don't have a new 3DS or a scanner of any kind. I just oh, liked the Amiibo. It's squishy. Because they're neat. I heard. See, I do need to get a new 3DS at some point because the Monster Hunter games run like crap on the old one. Well, if you want it just for one that hey, runs uh, well, you want to get a new 2DS. Because it's the new 3DS hardware, but without the draw of having to have 3D ready to go all the time. Right. And the new 2DSs actually fold, where the old 2DS didn't oh, fold. Oh, God. So the old 2DS doorstop. Didn't know if it wanted to be a kid's toy or yeah. not. It, actually, I kind of think it looked cool, like not folding, because it just made me, it, it reminded me of kind of 90s mm -hmm. tech, but in a fun way. Reminded me of a door wedge. That too. Uh, TJ, just briefly, did you see the Monster Hunter character in that uh, new MVC game? Yes, I did. Yeah. I, I really don't want to spend money on a Capcom fighting game right now, but I really want to play just so I can main that character. Her and, that char like, that her and X. I just want to be the best at that team. 
she's DLC, so you you need to wait a bit and then spend a bit extra. Uh, you know, it's Capcom. I will wait six <laughs> months for the ultimate version to come out. Yeah, I watched all the cutscenes as in movie form for that game for its story mode. Some really neat ideas. Some very low production value. That's all I'll say. Um, anything else off topic you want to highlight? Um, other no. The only actual toy I've got is I finally put I got and put together my super mini plot, uh, Dragon Zord. Oh, oh yeah, but, that thing's out. I keep forgetting that things out. Yeah, I have a little Dragon Zord on my desk. Um, does it do uh like th- does it have any notable parts forming stuff? Um, the face for the battle mode is mm-hmm. about the only part that seems like an actual part swap. That's Everything a part else- swap. Uh, yeah. Weird, because I thought that's just in the mouth. Well, it's just so the it's well, it's so the face isn't so sunken in. Oh, okay. All right, I can get that. So yeah. Uh, besides that, there's no real part forming aside from what Dragon Zord normally does. Yeah. About the yeah. neatest thing is like the engine, like it's actually designed to have a little storage door in the back for his uh for his uh pike mode like the pike weapon for the battle mm-hmm. mode oh like the, like the little stand and the the other oh, stuff the stand has nowhere to go because it's huge but there oh. is a backpack <laughs> just there's a backpack just for the handle that everybody lost from the original one okay because for a second i was i thought you were going to tell me like oh all of the pike parts somehow fit in a little door in the back of the the dragon and i was like i think i'm ordering this thing now <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's it's just a little it's a little storage door just for like the most easily lost piece. That's still pretty cool. Yeah. They are no, dropping we... those things at New York Comic Con domestically. Uh yeah, I've got the domestic Megazord on order. Yeah. Because I, I missed the I missed the Japanese one. Yeah, once those things are plentiful and domestic, I might look into them again, because as it was, they, they don't look bad, it's just that like the very specific things that that Megazord did made me not really want to pay the import price, and I'm sure it's not a big price difference, but if I can, like, walk into a Bluefin distributor shop and just grab one there, that takes away the level of thinking that makes me not pick it up right now. Mm-hmm. Well, the U.S. version comes in, like, a mini replica box of the original packaging, which I think, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a cool touch. Okay, yeah, I, I dig that, too. Uh, cool. I just want to I want to bop over to Aaron now for a sec. Uh, anything off topic you want to highlight? Um, not beyond all of that. Um, had another game day that did very poorly this time around. Um, Aww. Purdue had uh, homecoming going on, so all the people that I thought would show up instead went to Purdue homecoming. And um, yeah, but hey, they they can't all be winners. So I think I'm going to have one more of those before the big 24 hour. Oh man, that's in a yep. month and, and a bit. And people can still sign up. Excuse me, people can still sign up to be part of the the Andrews Gaming Gang team. Um, just find me anywhere if you have questions about it, or search Extra Life for Andrews Gaming Gang, or search Extra Life for Aaron Smith. Go to the one that's me, not the other one. Um, and sign up for the team, or you can donate. I'll be doing the same thing. Hey, if you got a game you want me to play, donate 30 bucks and I'll play it for a half hour. Hope to be streaming the whole time. 
on and on. Apparently now I have to buy uh, Players Unknown Battleground. Um, you should do that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we should do something. Yeah. We got it. We, we could get, do something. get Discord up too. Yeah, we're. We're going to do some stuff because I got to get my streaming going again next month so I can start building up to doing another 12 hour. Because I I know I don't have a 24 hour in me, but I know I can do a 12 hour. Um, Yeah. No, I I know my limits. (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd like to do something with that. Um, Have some fun. Um, I still need to figure out what our Internet situation will be there this year because it was last year. So, yeah, but just stuff stuff we got to get figured out. Whatever I whatever. Whatever I'm doing is going to not be on the main day. Uh, I'm going to do stuff before okay. and after, hopefully. Um, but I'll, yeah, I got I to gotta start figuring some of that out. Well, figure, turn the stream yeah. on. There, I figured it out. Uh, I pushed the button. <laughs> all right. Um, TJ, was there anything else off topic on your end you wanted to hit to highlight? No, I'm good. All right. Yeah, I uh, don't have anything really fresh other than I've built more and more of those Soto x figures. Did I mention that I have all, all of the normal regular Soto X-Aid figures? Kind of caught that. I bought 10 waves of candy toys on the aftermarket. Don't at me. <laughs> uh, they're pretty cool. I just built the last of the main show riders that I have now. So all I have left to build, or, you know, sticker, is uh, Wizard Gaim, uh, that being Wizard Genmu, and Gaim uh, X-Aid. Uh, and that's that. Then I'll have built all the ones that I have, and then I've just got to start tracking down the premium Bandai ones. Um, already kind of start Graphite's three pack just came out, so I'm starting to glance around uh, nervously. But all that aside, um, that does it for the show. Then, so thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me. Uh, coming up is TFCon DC. Uh, I'm going to talk to Seth and figure out if we want to record before or after, and I think we're probably going to do one after. So things will get a little bit staggered and stacked and whatnot, but uh, there's going to be a podcast panel on Sunday at TFCon DC. Uh, it'll be me. It'll be uh, Yoshi from Transmissions, uh, a couple of RFC dudes. Uh, I believe we got some Shattercast Uncut representation as well. Uh, should be, I think, six, five or six people. And it's going to be similar to the Toronto one, where we're going to be uh, just sort of talking about the show since it'll be Sunday. We're going to talk a little bit about podcasting. We're going to take some Q&A. And uh, ideally, we'll also have a raffle happen. Um... I realized, uh, I was talking to Aaron about this, that my usual approach of just having all of the ideas for what to do in my head stops being effective once I start doing more collaborative panels. So uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to actually get more of that evened out so other people know what's going on before we start the panel. So uh, I'm growing up. I'm, I'm, Aaron, are you proud of me? I'm proud of you. Oh, TJ, you don't have to be proud of me. Okay. Get me, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.